0: It is
1: 173.
0: 173. Here we are. 173. Snakes and Stogies. That's right. Snakes and Stogies episode 173. Here we are. Live. It's Monday night. It's stupid hot. Stupid hot. I have this fan on to help circulate the nice, steamy South Carolina air. Because, mother of God, it's... It's... Yeah, I'm, over it. I'm so over it. Yeah, I'm so over I
1: it. I just got done telling Smitty I'm sitting outside on my patio right now, right? Mm. <clears throat> and uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the majority of the species I keep in my snake room are arid and desert species. So I che- I just checked the govi, and right now in my desert snake room, it is 80 degrees Fahrenheit and 43 percent humidity. Okay, sitting outside in my backyard. It is 86 degrees Fahrenheit and 80% humidity. Wow.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm just going to (laughs) say, keep them outside. I think think even, even for them, they'd be over it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But you
0: know what else is hot? Blackboxcages.com. Blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself just a smidge of money. Save yourself a little bit. Nothing crazy, but it's something. So you need a rack, you need a cage. Black Box can accommodate, and you won't be disappointed with any of them. And then when you have said rack and cage, you can hop on over to uh, thereptileperch.com and get you some perches and other perch holders and all the accoutrement you would need from the original uh, 3D printing guy often imitated never duplicated <laughs> happy to be here breaking up Good. yeah you're
1: going you're, you're a little laggy smitty
0: am i that's my internet playing games marco polo okay that's not horrible
1: no you're 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 better now
0: all right uh, yeah so black box cages check it out Better now. Cool. Uh, yeah. Fullbeastapparel.com. Check that out. Facebook and Instagram as well. I'll give it a follow. Use the code THN at checkout as well and get 15% off your order just for THN listeners and people that are watching and checking out uh, the show on a regular basis or if you just happen to catch this one. I noticed early on we had some people in the chat that were mentioning this is their first time catching the live. So welcome. Nice. Nice. Thank you all. Of course. Uh, Puget Sound Pythons. Shout out to them as well. Jeff and Kendra in the Pacific Northwest. Give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Puget Sound Pythons. And then go check out what they've got for sale on Morph Market right now. And then go buy something from them because they're awesome people.
1: Awesome people. And 10 days, Smitty. 10 days, and we get to see the West Coasters in the flesh.
0: I know, dude. I can't freaking wait, man.
1: It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. It's going to be
0: huge. Yeah, Daytona.
1: It's our annual pilgrimage.
2: I haven't been to that show, I think, in probably 15 years or so. Matter of fact, I think the last time I went down there is when I can't tell if I'm still lagging or
0: not.
1: You definitely are, brother. You may have to jump out and reset. We'll give him a minute, Dave.
2: Sure. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on my end. It seems pretty clear.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're crystal clear, but he's uh, a little digital. But yeah, so 15 years, man, that's wild.
2: If not more, yeah, it's when the show used to be in Orlando. That was the last. Oh time I yeah. In
1: there, oh for sure, over 15 years. Yeah. yeah, man. And actually, that was my. I'm pretty sure my first one was the last one in Orlando. I think if memory serves me right. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. But, man, it's it's a hell of a ride, man. Tons of animals, tons of great people, good times, laughs, the camaraderie. I mean, we always joke and, and say, like, yeah, the animals are awesome, but it's about hanging out with chosen family, seeing people yeah. you get to see once a year, you know?
2: Yeah. No, I totally so. get it. Yep. I'd like to make it down there again at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and most most people that are not from the southeast, you know, they, they make a week of it. You know, they fly in right. on a on – a, On a Wednesday, they stay for four or five days, get a little bit of Florida in the beginning, get a little bit of Florida at the end, Daytona in the middle, the show, I mean, Daytona and uh, National Reptile Breeders Expo, excuse me. And uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, Actually, this year, they're for the first time, like officially, I know they, they did something similar in the past, but they're allowing normal people, normal shoppers to purchase a $100 ticket and get in early on Friday, which is vendor setup day. which um i imagine um having worked similar shows and venues not at daytona with this particular scenario but it's very stressful for the vendors because not only are they setting up but they're also selling they're wheeling and dealing and they got to watch all their stuff you know there's way more security is needed in terms of people you know being a little chaotic yeah um but it also lets you get some really cool deals if you're a shopper so
2: yeah get you first in line yeah for sure yeah
1: for sure and it's crazy how with those big shows or i mean any real reptile show uh it's amazing how much wheeling and dealing and horse trading happens between the vendors even before the show even starts which i always know
2: yeah no doubt
1: i'll never forget uh there was i think it was 2015 or 2016 um there was this guy who had uh i think it was Horn to horn frogs um like surname C- horn frogs and-, and pac-mans and he had he had done kept, kept the bread everything like in florida and i guess mm. the word got out that he was going to be at the show and he sold out his entire table before the show even opened oh no which, kidding yeah it was crazy wow he had, a little, he had a little sign saying my apologies but like <laughs> we ran out you know snooze you lose snooze you yeah. lose right so the early bird gets the pac-man frog i guess yeah
2: yeah i get it it kind of sucks though for everybody else that goes to the show on saturday and sunday it's like you really you know you got to get there early if you want to get stuff well
1: i I feel like it it depends on what you want too because there's so much stuff there whether it be decor or supplies or just husbandry equipment or caging or incubators you name it they Mm. got it and uh some of my best stuff that i've ever got was on a sunday afternoon you know thinking to myself oh man i missed all the cool animals i missed all the cool deals whatever and sometimes you just get lucky you know or yep. you maybe you see something you didn't realize you needed you know yep yep <laughs> well let's do this uh smitty is obviously still fixing his internet scenarios so we're joined tonight by our very special guest mr david brahms of the the reptile perch is it now it is all right the reptile perch so dave used to have specialty enclosure designs which i thought was a fantastic name and i guess we can get into why you kind of rebranded a little bit but uh i got my first pvc perches ever from dave and i still use them and have them and with multiple different species from which i originally slated them to be used for so uh, you want to give us a little rundown of, of you and how you got into all that jazz?
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I started this. I think it was back in 2016 timeframe. Um, you know, my son and I were interested in the 3D printing stuff and we decided to go ahead and take the plunge and buy a printer. And, and it wasn't long after that that we, you know, I quickly realized that, hey, I could probably use this for some of my other hobbies, too. And uh, it became incredibly useful to make stuff on the fly when uh, you can't buy certain things readily, you know, online or from anybody. So um, it was a very rapid transition from, hey, we're just gonna tinker to making some stuff for myself to maybe some other people would want this stuff too. And, you know, just started offering it um, to the community and it quickly grew from there. and uh, it's been going strong ever since. That's and awesome. Uh, yeah. Started out with 3D printing, um, ended up with a whole bunch of printers to meet the demand. And and uh, 3D printing is a fantastic technology, but it's not the greatest when it comes to mass manufacturing and being able to scale up. Mm. And uh, so, you know, uh, just plugging along with what I had over the years. And then uh, this past year uh, we made a transition uh, from especially enclosure designs to the reptile perch. And uh, the reason why I did that was uh, I, I heard from multiple people uh, that they could never remember the name. And uh, okay. whenever I would hear people talk about it on podcasts and things like that, they never get it right. And uh, you know, and it's just one of those things where, um, it was already an established name uh, yeah. and it was working, but it was clumsy. And sure. uh, I was actually switching up how I was going to be doing uh, a lot of my manufacturing from 3D printing to now CNC. And uh, I figured it might be a good time to do a little name switch to something that uh, is more representative about what I am actually you know, producing. And it's also uh, easier to say and remember. And that was really the, the nexus behind it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. And there was sense, no man. hiccup or anything. It just, you know, made the switch and things didn't change at all. You that's know, great. Fact, it's still growing. So that's
1: awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. I saw those. Uh, I, I guess they're, I don't know how new they are, but you have those, those like twisted branches that look oh, more realistic. Like those yeah. are awesome.
2: Thanks. Yeah. That's that I take regular PVC pipe and I do a staining process that uh, it's a permanent stain. It bonds with the PVC and um, it makes them look more natural uh, makes them look pretty interesting and I can do it in a couple different colors and and uh, that's like one of the biggest items that I've been selling people
1: really love them that's awesome and then now are you like heating up the PVC and twisting it to get that that texture
2: yeah I have a process I'm not using any flames at all but I'm heating the PVC up till it reaches that glass transition temperature so it becomes malleable and uh, I'll I'll quickly uh, manipulate it and twist it and, and do that kind of stuff and then set it uh, by chilling it off really quickly. That's awesome. And just giving it some more texture and, and uh, making it look more real.
1: Yeah, man, they look fantastic. They do. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so, Smithy, you're crystal clear, man. What goes on?
0: I had switched my damn phone.
1: Well, you look you look crystal clear and you sound good. So we're in business.
0: Thoroughly irritated with my internet. First world <laughs> problems. Okay.
1: Right. Right. The nerve. The nerve. What are you smoking tonight? Now that we gave Dave a
0: good intro. Uh, the wise man. Oh, what is that? Foundation. This is a lance arrow. Oh, that's cool. Well, I don't. Band. Know, I don't know that I can necessarily say it's a lance arrow because it's kind of thicker than a lance arrow, but I don't think you can really.
1: Oh, use that's it. cool. It's got like an orthodox priest on it or something.
0: Yeah, it's um there's like this i think it's nicaraguan folklore sort of around the wise man i can't even pronounce like the the spanish version of of what it is It's like el way way knees i don't okay. i don't know g u the u's have umlauts so g u e g u e n s e yeah, I'm not gonna try. And that. I've heard of, I've right. heard him pronounce it before, but I can't remember. But it's the wise man is, is what it is. But it's a pretty good. So there's a Maduro version, and then there's this. I believe this is a Corojo, if I'm not mistaken. But I hadn't had one in a while. Saw it at the shop and said, "Let's let's do that." I've been trying to smoke different stuff Monday nights. Hell yeah! Up, so,
1: what about you? I am a, I'm really left field tonight. I uh, I am not a Davidoff guy at all but I had a friend from work give me a limited edition silver band 2022. So I'm going to give it a whirl. And uh, it wasn't a good start. I used the, the 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 V cutter and it immediately pulled a chunk out of the rim. Nice. So I was like, that's not a good start to have it off, but uh, we're going to fire it up
0: and see how it goes. So
2: do you guys have one that's like an, Absolute all time favorite or are you just generalist? Oh, yeah. Just depends on how you feel.
0: I mean I smoke a little bit of everything. Like I'm I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty equal opportunity. Um but yeah, I mean I definitely have a handful that are like my go to's and I yeah. know Phil's the same way. Most definitely. Apparently Miami. he's got a lighter a lighter that's struggling.
2: <laughs> Where would you say the best come from? Because I, I don't smoke obviously, but Nicaragua. You know, Nicaragua.
0: Yeah, Nicaragua since the 90s has like really become sort of the, the, the place uh, that a lot of the, the best stuff is coming from now. Um, it's primarily the Dominican and Nicaragua that are the two main countries that are that are really doing a lot with, with cigars. And then Honduras is now starting to really take off as far as production and, and stuff coming out of there. Interesting. So mm-hmm. is
2: the whole Cuban thing, is that just because you couldn't get them? And people coveted them.
0: Depends on who you yeah. ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm of that opinion. Like Cubans are definitely good when they're when they're good, they're really good. And then when they're bad, they're really bad nightmare because they're rolled really tight. You can't get a draw out of them. Flavor wise, though, they are different. They are they are fantastic. Uh, I also tell people all the time, like unless you smoke a lot, like you smoke a lot of cigars, you're into it. You're probably not going to notice a major difference. Like you're really not going to pick up like i can pick up a cuban right now and i could tell you if it's real or not just from the flavor because I've, I've smoked a lot so yeah um most people that are casual smokers and maybe have like one or two a year if you give them one they're gonna they're not gonna know they won't know that it's yeah. Cuban, but they are uh they are very flavor wise they're very good and i mean they are very different um i have friends that go on cruises and stuff at the bahamas all the time and they bring back you know a couple scars and they're like oh these are cubans and it's like i'll within like the first couple puffs it's like this ain't this ain't uh, it nope. man yeah this is, you got you got taken man because you paid 27 dollars for a poor <laughs> scrap dominican yeah
1: yeah exactly well and see like i'm spoiled because i'm in south florida and everything is cuban down here and i have lots of friends and co-workers and acquaintances that go there frequently and they'll constantly bring back stuff. And you'll see that like the person that went on the cruise to the Bahamas, they went on a cruise to Nassau for four days and they're like, Oh, I got you Cubans. And it's like, no, nah, you didn't. And then my buddy's like, Oh no, no. I, I just flew back from Havana. Like, here you go. And it's like three or four of them and you could just look at them and just tell the difference. You could tell. Yeah.
0: yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their, their tobacco is very good. It's not the end all be all. It is a lot of the whole, uh, just not like the mysticism of not being able to get them, you know yep. the hype there. But Nicaragua is putting out plenty of of fantastic cigars that I think compete, if not beat, a lot of Cuban stuff. So. I would
1: agree. I would agree. I also think that now that certain parts of Cuba and certain communities in Cuba have more westernized, modern twenty first century stuff like Wi Fi, um, they're smuggling in a lot of good Nicaraguan seed. And, and just adding a little bit, I've even heard of guys like smuggling in boats of soil just so they can like refresh nitrates and that kind of thing. No kidding. So, yeah. I mean, and, and who the hell really knows, but, but
2: wouldn't be it, surprised.
1: Yeah. And it, it's definitely like what Smitty said of 50, uh, 50, whether or not it's, it's worth smoking or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had people give me some and like the draw was so tight. You, you couldn't even get anything out of it. And I just, after, you know, ten minutes of trying to trying to smoke the damn thing, just give up and be like, this isn't. It. But then you get one from the same box that is an absolute dream, burns perfect, no issues, and they are very much they stand up to the to the hype when they're like that. But yeah, you just yeah. You but they're be, not all like that. Yeah, okay. no, yeah, not, yeah. Yep. tobacco is very good unfortunately their, their rolling uh, abilities are not, not the best
2: yeah. do, do people make their own? I mean can you get like sure. do people ever
0: try like getting tobacco leaves and rolling their own cigars and that kind of yeah. stuff or? you they can do. if you're talking like small scale that's tough because most people won't sell you tobacco leaves in yeah. like smaller quantities like they put so much work into growing those things and then the fermentation process and everything that someone Too just evolved. wants to buy a couple pounds they're going to be like nah like yeah But it is an art form. I mean, rolling cigars, like people think that it's just bundling some leaves together and rolling it up. Like the people that do it, man, if you're like a top tier roller in any of these countries, like it's a skill. Yeah, you're making money like you're you're getting paid about as much as a doctor and a lawyer does, because like each factory has certain tiers of rollers and they'll have some, you know, six-year-old lady that's been working there for 40 years and she's the top roller and she's it like yeah she's all their like super high premium like expensive stuff typically they just have the, the higher end rollers do all that and it's uh it's pretty interesting
1: yeah there's a couple of places by me down in Dade County where you can buy raw tobacco leaves because mm-hmm. there is so much older culture um like mm-hmm. baby baby boomer era culture of you know their great-grandfather was a roller their grandfather was a roller now they work for a bank you know yeah so that they may still have the skill they may do it on the weekends and like there's actually a lot of like i don't want to say small business but for lack of a better word small business people where it's like a husband and wife team and yeah. like the wife books them to do like weddings and bar mitzvahs yeah. on like the weekends but the guy's normally just like an accountant you know <laughs>
0: Which that is so. a very in-demand thing because I used to have people call the shop all the time asking if we did, like, rolling and stuff. And frankly, I mean, like, fresh-rolled cigars, I, I've had some, and I thought they just weren't... Like, the point of cigars is that they kind of age, and they, you know... they That makes sense. They're yeah. not. Like, yeah. you don't eat a banana while it's still green. You know, it's yeah. kind of a similar thing. It's like, you can't, right. it's just not as good. And I, so people always want, like, fresh-rolled. And I'm like, I don't we'll Roll see. it and give it a not month quite. and then two I, months you know then I, I, would,
1: I was just about to say is i can't tell you how many weddings i've been to where you know after the wedding they're like oh phil we have all these extra cigars do, do you want these because we we know you smoke cigars i'm like yeah sure i'll take them and then i'll put them yeah. in, the, in, a, in a separate humidor for like six months a year and then they taste great you know oh, no not kidding. not saying they weren't good to begin with but they're just that they get better. better yeah oh for sure
2: yeah hmm.
0: interesting mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's it's a lot like wine. There's a ton of parallels to to cigars and wine. You know, it's uh, very similar industries. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Davidoff's holding up nicely, man. I don't know if it's because it's that silver anniversary or if it's just I haven't had one in a long time, but it's holding up well.
0: Yeah, I think this is definitely. Uh, I think this is a Corojo because it's definitely got a got some kick to it. It looks like it's it looks Corojo-ish. It looks very Corojo-ish. But I was just texting David yesterday, the day before, like after years of my little pen hook the one that I I originally like the green one that David very first sent me when I first hatched out green trees that has been like and I it's one of few things where I get it and I don't think I'm going to use it that much, but I find myself using it almost daily.
1: (laughs) That's silly.
0: It (laughs) fell (laughs) off the table the other day after years of like being put in disinfectants and other things and the the head broke. And I, I was like, Oh man. Okay. I'll just have to get some more. But then like, now that I don't have it, I'm having to corral these tiny little worms of corn snakes with my giant fingers And it's like, I told David, I was like, dude, I'm lost without these things now. Like, you don't realize how much you use stuff until you don't have it around anymore. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's true. That little hook, man, was... Surprisingly useful. I love the hell out of those things. I use them
2: for everything but a hook. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, you know, condros, sometimes when you're trying to get the babies to eat, um, I have some that they'll... They'll grab it and wrap it, but then they won't do anything with it. They'll just, they'll literally hold onto it for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And to the point where they squish it to nothing, it's the most bizarre thing, but I, um, getting them to actually let go of it is nearly impossible. And so what I'll end up doing is I'll take those little, that little hook and, uh, I'll just start poking them with it and get them all pissed off to the point where they need to change position. And then finally they'll, dump the mouse but
0: it's i mean it's fantastic for for those just little wiggly damn rat snake stuff fresh out of the egg like for moving them around before they kind of decide to start spazzing and taking off and falling off the table and going onto the floor and which they do a lot especially one of these clutches of corns in particular man like they're they're little firecrackers every single one of them is just ready to go yep and uh that little hook, just you know, it was great with condras when I had them, you know, babies and stuff. It's been great with baby rat snakes. Uh, I think even with some of like the smaller, but like the yearling to two-year-old animals, I have a couple like sun-kissed corns that are just nut jobs when it comes to food, and so it's nice to deflect them with that while I'm trying to change waters and. Oh yeah, it's just it's super useful, and I'm I'm they were. I got to get a handful of them and just, yeah, I'll, I'll um, send you some, I'll send you some. They're this awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny because I have a blue one and uh, David was kind enough to give it to me in my, my last order I did with him. And I, at the time, Henry and I got in some, some venomous stuff. And again, I, I can tell the story now because it's in context and like, no one's going to like misconstrue this, but uh, the, reptile perches neonate little pin hook is not slated for venomous no one should be using it for venomous ever it is not appropriate it is too small it is too dangerous it's too too frail and dainty do not use it for venomous having said that i may have used it to move uh Calliophus intestinalis the um uh, malayan coral snakes and it worked like a son of a gun and i want you to make me one that's like can you that's like 15 or 20 inches?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's no problem. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> love it.
1: So then yeah, that's what we're gonna go with. But I have pictures that I took and I remember I, I text Dave and I was like, hey man, I know this isn't intended to use, but uh look at look at your look at your hook in use with, with this extremely yeah. lethal coral snake.
2: I, I remember that <laughs> Phil. I gotta I gotta tell you at the time I didn't know who you were. Yeah. And yeah. And, and when you sent me that and I'm like, oh, God. Holy shit. I don't, I do not condone this whatsoever for, you know, uh, lawsuit anybody incoming. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? And uh, <laughs> and then quickly, you know, Smitty's like, oh, no, no, no. He's, you know, he's, he's experienced. And then I realized, you know, uh, who you were. I had no idea, no context yeah. whatsoever. At That's, the time. Cool, so, That's cool, man. That's cool. What's funny is I
1: had a, we also, at the time, we had gotten a litter of, uh, um, um, uh, and Solaris. Um, the blue tree vipers. And those babies are so tiny. tiny. And I had pictures of like me using the blue hook with a little blue snake on the end. Oh, cool. And it was so freaking cute. But they all came out blurry, and I was like, "Look, I'm not. First of all, I'm not posting a blurry picture, and second of all, David's gonna kill me. I, yeah. I can't do that.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. We don't want you losing any fingers. Yeah, so.
1: exactly. Or, or letting yeah. other people lose fingers because of my stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> so. I just,
0: man, I just remember dealing with baby chondros, and I just remember thinking, man, if only I had a pen the size of a hook, or yeah. a hook the size of a pen. hook the size
1: of a pen. That's it, man. I just,
0: yep. need, I, I just need something small that I yeah. can use to like you know, move them around yeah. if I need to, because of how delicate they are. And then I was like, wait a second. It's like, this is something I bet you David can do.
2: Yeah, it was a great and idea. Then,
0: and then man, like I said, and I'd sent him a picture of like, I was like something the size of a Sharpie. I sent him a picture. I was like something this long with just a hook on the end of it. And that's, that's all I need. And you know, Lance said Petco sells the little hooks, but those are the, the collapsible ones and stuff like this. Is I just hate a, those a static, a static little hook. I've got some of the, the venom life, uh, like Viper hooks, the little small ones. And I use those, I use those for some of the, like the six foot Jansen. I sometimes, uh-huh. um, you know, and so for like bigger stuff, I have those. And I don't have like a sure. full size hook in my room. Cause I also don't really have any need for one. Um, you know, that, that Viper hook usually does what I needed to do with pretty much everything in there. So having that like tiny option just there, it's in the yeah. cup with the pens and stuff. It's awesome. I'm like having the tools.
1: Yeah, that's man, right. for sure. For sure. Yeah, I got to I got to get you to make me one that's like 15 inches long. We'll make it yeah. we'll make it neon orange just so uh, <laughs> it can be the it can be the baby venomous model. <laughs> I'll make you
2: some this week, Phil. No that's problem. awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, I, I, I the whole reason why I was even going to talk to you this afternoon is because I need to put an order in. So we'll have yeah. to do that off air. <laughs> yeah,
2: Yeah. no problem.
1: But yeah, man, I um, I still have the uh, I guess it's your first series of cambro the cambro um I'm, i guess purchase for lack of a better right. synonym and yeah. the ones you screw together and dude mm-hmm. i have used them right side up upside down i've laid them as like a ramp in enclosures and i actually i don't have a single one in a cambro right now yeah but dude they're just so versatile and then the way that you can slide the middles to make the different mm-hmm. like dude it's, it's awesome man i can't yeah. speak highly enough about it
2: thanks yeah that's awesome
0: I still have all my Python portal setups, much to Katie's dismay. I've got, like, five of those things. Four of them are up in the attic. One of them I'm staring at right now. Yeah, I just can't bring myself to get rid of them. I'm like, I put no. so, much, so much work and stuff into those. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever use them again just because of my setup right now. I don't have room right. for them. But I was like, she's like, are you going to get rid of these? I was like, hell no. No. Why would I get rid of these things? Like, they got heat panels in them and everything and lights and those things were great and we did a video on the building and stuff and I had a, a even still you know uh, it gets a ton of comments and I get messages about them still you know the Python portals and, and stuff because cool. it's such a great great idea and option uh, you know I used, I was keeping my, my Boyga in them for a while without any issues I think I had some of the I, one of the I, or two of the I in them for a while and they did great in that, uh, had the Ackies in them at one point with, a, you know, that crazy hot uh, Pro soul light. Yeah, did great. Like, yeah. I've put those things through the ringer, man, and they've, yeah, they've yeah. held up great. I kept conjures in them, too, at one point, and they've just been fantastic. It's a great. Dude, nice I remember
1: yeah. I remember that first video that you and Jake did and like oh, you, yell, you yelling at him. It's like it's upside down. It's not upside down. Yes it is. Okay,
0: it is upside down. <laughs> the drunk leading the blind man. Yeah. It's you guys like in in a backyard. It's just like then my bare, bare, yeah. barefoot cut
1: barefoot cutting plastic. <laughs> I love it. Oh
0: man. Oh. Yeah, I'm not uh I'm not super uh what's the word? Well-versed in handy. In, yeah, in the uh in the whole uh, measure twice cut once thing usually measure once and cut like three times and then find some way to sort of hobble it together <laughs> Jake was there saying no man that's not the right measurement on that tape you got it's it's you know an eighth instead of a sixteenth and I'm like no it's not and then it, of course it was so
1: uh, fractions uh... yeah <laughs> Crazy. oh that's good shit man that's good shit so Dave man what do you got cooking in the incubator
2: uh incubators empty it ran over time this past season but okay now yeah nice i've I've had my hands full all spring with a crap ton of baby chondros the first time i've had this many ever to to deal with at once and it's a good problem to have challenging to say the least (laughs) yep
1: so, how many times has your family walked in the it walked into the room and the lights were off, and they flip the lights on, and you go, "Turn, Turn the light off!" off. Punched <laughs> yeah, exactly. over in the corner like <laughs> Another, Gollum, exactly.
2: <laughs> I hiss at him.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tweezers in hand, just twitching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I love it. So how's, how, that,
0: uh, how's that been? Getting everything going compared surprisingly to surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, you know, as you know, the
2: more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And, and, um, now, you know, I remember you and I, we both had our first clutches the same year and, and, you know, the stress of the anticipation of that clutch hatching and then Mm -hmm. getting them going and, and all that, you want them all to survive. And now, you know, I, I think I hatched 46 chondros this season. Wow. Wow. From four, four clutches. And, um, you know, you just, you can't stress, you just have to just, you know, uh, you're along for the ride. Yep. Yep. And, uh, but you know, after you've done it a few times, um, you, you know, you start picking up on the signals and you realize, you know, stuff that you should be stressing about and stuff that you shouldn't. And, uh, I've, I've changed how I do things. You know, when I, I first started, people really stress out about the, the baby's not eating and, um. You know, some people will just beat the hell out of them with a pinky head or whatever to try and get them to get aggressive so they'll finally start biting it. And I did that for a while, and and I finally just got to the point where I was like, this doesn't seem right to yeah. me. It's not the right way to do it. Um, you're, like, really stressing them out. And then the food that they are getting, if they do eat it, is really not much. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just got to the point where I'm like, if they're runners – or if they're shy and they're not grabbing the food, I, I don't bother with that anymore. I go strictly to the most legs. And I just stick it in their mouth. And I put them back in the tub. And they'll crawl around with it sticking out of their yep. mouth for a minute or two. And then they eat it. And that's, then That's what I, I did do with it. the tails, man. Yep. And I do it. Uh, I try to do it twice a week. Uh, worst case scenario, it's once a week. And I just keep doing it. And what I have found out was that um, you just keep doing that. They don't lose weight they'll actually grow, they'll shed. And then before you know it, you'll open the tub one day. And instead of being something that's shy and wants to run away, they're like very alert and acting like they want to eat. And they usually do. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's a time game, you know, and it's almost like you're, you're programming them too by getting that that mouse in them over time. They just eventually, I think, turn on and realize Mm -hmm. that, Um, I don't know if it's like a developmental thing that some of them, they just need longer time after they get out of the egg to, to reach that point where they want to be an aggressive eater. But every single one of them that I do this with now, it's just, you do that until they turn on and, and nine out of 10 of them will, Mm -hmm. and it's become a lot less stressful worrying about if you're going to be able to get a baby condo to eat or not. It's to me, it's not even a question now. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: that's like the reason I started doing the tails because Cody Bartolini brought up a good point. He's like, is it more stressful to sit there and beat him with a pinky for 20 minutes or is it more stressful to grab him and put a tail in him in 30 seconds and put him back?
2: Yep. Yeah, it's way easier.
0: It is. And and if you're like, you can do it and still be delicate. And that's one of the reasons that hook was so handy with those two was getting them off the perch gently, uh, being able to manipulate them and get them where I need them to. And I mean, I did that and you have one of those babies. I have one of those babies still. Luke has one or two of them, I think. Uh And then like everyone else that I know that has a baby, like there's no issues with any of those animals that are still around, you know, there's no no kinks or anything like that. Like if you're gentle about it, they're, you know, obviously you're not going to grab them and start pulling on them and stuff on a perch and no jacking them up like a slinky but it was it really wasn't that bad you know
2: i think it's important to make the distinction so people understand that we're not force feeding them you know there's a huge difference between force feeding and assist feeding and uh you know you're literally either taking a piece of a mouse tail or i like to use the hind legs now of a mouse um and you just put it in their mouth and chondros are really bad at spitting food out once you you get it in there And some of them will struggle for a minute or so trying to spit it out and they can't. And then they're like, well, if it won't go that way, it'll go the other way. And then they just swallow it. And uh, some of them now I can even do it without taking them off the perch. I can just, you know, Mm -hmm. during the middle of the day when they're resting, I can reach in and quickly grab their head, put the mouse uh, leg in there before they even know what's happening. And, uh, and then I'm done, you know, and I can do, um, I had, I think I had uh, twelve babies uh, that did not want to eat right away on their own, so I had to do that with them. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could I could bust through all twelve of them in less than a half hour. Yeah. Oh wow. to Get them That's all good. set. So
0: yeah, it made That's me good. real well prepared for those those cyania that you know wouldn't take off either. It it got me got me very well uh, well trained on on getting. You had to do it with them too. Things on a few of them yeah, yeah and it was it was one of those things where you know you'd do it and then you'd offer them a pinky a couple days later and if they didn't take it then you just repeat until they take off same with the with the green trees pretty much yeah. is what i did yeah you know tail them and then offer and then if they refuse tail them again and offer and then eventually it was one of those things where like yeah they just started taking and then i could just drop feed them and not have to even worry about it anymore it's just a matter of getting them there Yep. Yeah.
1: did uh Did you ever have any luck with like slow approach on a brained frozen thought pinky?
2: No, that, that stuff doesn't work. Um, yeah, it's just, they're, they're so like genetically programmed to eat something very specific that, um, you know, the only thing that does get some of them to, to turn on right away is the chick down and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, but everything else, if you've got one that is like very shy, like they're not aggressive at all, um, they're a pain in the butt to get eating because they're not striking. Um, and then you've got the other ones that the second you touch them, they fling themselves off the perch and they're yeah. racing away as far, you know, as quickly as they can. And, um, it's not like when you open it up and you've got one that is acting like it's interested in food. And then you're presenting them with something that they just don't like. It's just, they want nothing to do with food yeah. whatsoever uh, at that point. And it really doesn't matter what you're presenting to them. They're just not going to go for it. Okay. And uh, it's almost like, it really is to me, it seems like they're preemies, you know, like they, they need extra time yeah. to uh, cognitively, you know, develop or, or whatever, because it's literally like you're flipping a switch they go from mm-hmm. being like that to like oh my god you're like an alert chondro who is like twitching its tail and acting like it's
0: ready to strike at something and eat
1: yeah, do, and doing chondro things
0: yep. yep yep
1: that's great man that's awesome
0: yeah that chick down man that was like that switch flipped i had some that weren't eaters like couldn't get them to take it all but as soon as i put that chick down on there they, they instantly knew what to do It was, it was strange and it's so bizarre too, because it's like at that size, even into their, their older years, like they're not eating a lot of birds. So you wouldn't (laughs) think that that would like, that would trigger that.
2: You know what I think it is? You know what they say? You know, anybody that eats any kind of reptile meat, what do they usually say? It tastes like chicken. And that's why I wonder if they're eating baby skinks, you know, that, um, it just has a similar scent. You know, because they're all kind of closely related to each other in a weird way. You know.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Definitely see that.
0: I'm hoping I'm planning to pair green trees at the end of the year for the first time since like 2019. Yay! And I, scream I believe is going to be. I'm fairly confident she she'll be ready to go.
2: Oh, it's a female, right? Yeah, I was yeah, thinking it was a male. Yeah. yeah,
0: So I have those, and then I have another pair that I got from Luke's first first clutch. Um, and I've put the male in with her periodically. She's kind of gone through a little gro- growth spurt recently. Um, and he was interested, and he tried. Man, he was he was giving it his all, and she just wasn't wasn't having it. So not ready. Yeah, I'm gonna try them them later this year too. the timing was right, it was 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 wrong. It was. I think like maybe February or March that I was trying to trying to get them to go just to see if it would happen. It might've been early spring, you know, it's like, just give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And I'm, I'm itching to, to get little yellow and red heads popping out of eggs again.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is.
0: It's challenging and that's kind of the fun part. You know, I talk about that all the time. Like it's nice to have the corns and beards that are going to eat right off the bat without much work. But then also have the stuff that's gonna be a little more time time attentive and and things it's like nice that. It's nice to have the balance. It is. Yeah. For sanity yeah. purposes, I think you have to have it. Because I couldn't like I'm never I I, you know, Alterna. I talk about Alterna babies all the time. And it's like that was I have zero nope. plans to breed Alterna ever again. Like, will I keep them again? Maybe. We'll see. Definitely not gonna breed them. Like that was. Those made chondros look like a freaking cakewalk. Yeah, like ridiculous. Yep. That
2: um, I I often think about when you were showing how uh, you finally were able to get some uh, native uh, lizard uh, from where they're from to scent the the pinkies with, and how they went from just being complete. You know, a-holes when it comes to feeding to, wow, look at that. That thing's on the hunt. You know, it's like, it knows what it wants. It's pretty incredible.
0: It was just like the chick down with the chondros. As soon as you put that scalloped scent on there, even more dramatic. Again, it was like, oh, food. And it was like, Like, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I hope I don't lose power. It's storming pretty gnarly outside right now. Nice. I saw that flicker. Was that 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 lightning? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I can hear it. It's
2: coming down. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wicked. Now it's, it's your turn to have storm show. Yeah. I'm tired Phil, of what do you
2: do with your venomous stuff when you got to get babies to eat? Do you assist well, feed or what do you do?
1: So yes and no. So it depends on the species. Um, I've had a lot of good luck with arboreal babies because of learning from chondro dudes, mm-hmm. right? And like one of my good friends, Chris, who I work with now, he's like a he's a a, 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 uh, out of the limelight keeper. You know what I mean? And uh, he's got a handful of Greg Maxwell stuff. And uh, over the years, he's taught me like lights off, tweezers, slow and steady, you know, slight tail movements. And like all that translates to Arboreal Pit Vipers. And I've been really lucky in terms of having veterans show me tips and tricks but then you also come to something like baby death adders which are a they're they're worse than alterna right yeah and i know scott's in the chat right now and he's gonna be like you americans have no idea what you're talking about blah 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 sure don't for me it was difficult and uh you've got lots of different techniques um in terms of like trying to tube them trying to pin them uh which is extremely dangerous because they're so tiny it's like trying to pin a cocktail straw and not get bit Um, and then using pinky parts, pinky legs, pinky heads, you know, the, the like brainstem of a pinky head and just kind of like, I don't want to be graphic, but like smushing a little bit of that out, you know what I mean? Just to kind of entice with scent and stuff like that, using chick down, using lizard shed skin. Um, and what's actually worked for me with some of the like pit vipers to assist feed is using, um, one of those painting sponges on a stick, And basically, you're not pinning the animal behind the head because they're just going to resist. They're going to thrash and be like, oh, my God, something's grabbed my head. But like putting it in the middle of their body just so they sit still and then coming in with the tweezers and the pinky part or whatever, that's actually helped a lot to Mm kind of do like what you said with the chondros, where once they bite it, there's a high probability they're just going to keep it and then eat it. Yeah. But with a lot of pit vipers, they also throw it across the room. So it, it just depends. I'm also a big proponent on feeding neonate venomous live because they mm. want the movement. They want the warm body of it. So um, a lot of like baby bitters, like puff adders, gaboons, rhinos, um, literally just throwing in because they're all individually contained throwing in like a live fuzzy dude. Yep. Everything loves a live fuzzy, you know, yeah. I mean? if, if providing they're big enough to eat it. Um, so I've gotten really lucky in that regard. Um The only I haven't bred venomous in a really long time. And the only neonate I've really had to get going was a baby atherus clericus, which the first time I ever fed it was live on Instagram. And it took in like 20 seconds. And I was like, this is a fucking anomaly. Like this is, this is not, what the, this is not the norm. Right. <laughs> but yeah, just, just tweezering and being very gentle, very relaxed. You know, it's I always say it's a ballet, it's a waltz, It's not break yeah. dancing. So yeah.
2: It's interesting how uh every species has their prey prey item that they're like yeah. you know, really tune into. I um years ago I had baby uh eyelash vipers, the nice old eyelash vipers. Yeah. And I had one of them that uh was not a good feeder at all and um and at that stage they were getting pinky heads only. Yeah. And um just could not get this thing to, to want to eat. And eventually started getting to the point where it didn't want to strike and, and do any of that. And, uh, I was living down South at the time and I figured, well, I'll, there's a running around all over the place. I'll see if I can grab one and use it for scenting and see if that, you know, will, will get it to turn. And it just so happens that I had the, this little cage with the anole in it that I sat right next to the tub that the baby eyelash viper was in that little sucker saw that anole, and I have never seen an animal, uh, like come a week and and key in on the movement that that little lizard was, was making. It was incredible. Like, it was like, Oh my God. It's like, there's the food that I want. I want it now. And, uh, it's just, you know, It'd be cool if somebody could figure out how to breed, you know, small skinks or, you know, something like that on a commercial scale. Yeah. And see if, you know, <laughs> it works better for little I, chondros, things like I that. I sent
0: you, I forgot I sent you those ground skinks a couple yeah. years ago. Yep. Got eaten alive by mosquitoes trying to just catch a couple of sincella out of some leaf litter at my <laughs> grandparents' house. Cause I was like, he's like, you got these like small skinks near? I was like, sure do. Caught him. I think <laughs> two two ground skinks just to try them. I, mean, I don't even yeah. think they worked. But they didn't like them. Yeah, yeah I don't wow. know. I was like, these are the perfect size. Like these they should, are like they're they're ideal. Like adults are tiny. They didn't smell right, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I tell you, I've um, I've I don't think I've ever actually fed a gecko tail to anything. Like straight up fed a tail to it. Mm. Uh, but I've kept them in the freezer, just the tail. Yeah. And you know, you take a like a little shot glass of of microwaved hot water, right? And mm-hmm. you dip the, the frozen tail tip in it just to get the tip thawed, right? And I almost use it like a paintbrush. And I will just dab that tail tip, the warm tail tip on the 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 snout of a frozen thawed pinky. Yeah. And whammo. But like That's and enough. like yeah. maybe it's because I smoke, maybe it's because I drink a lot of caffeine. I don't know. But like I've I'll shake my hand. I don't know if you guys can see it but like I'll make my hand look like kind of like I got Parkinson's with the yeah. teasers and it vi- just vibrates that pinky just enough to get the movement and they'll key in on that. And then they'll smell that tail tip on that pinky face and whammo.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what makes the hobby fun. I love that yeah. stuff. You know, well, when you it finally works, finally figure that out, you know, when you get <laughs> something that works.
1: Yeah. I like, mean, it makes your day. I've been, I've been struggling with, with stiletto snakes for the, over a year now. And, uh, it's been painful trying to figure out what smells like, what they want. And uh, now I've gotten to the point where I think they've eaten enough scented pinkies that they're just, they're just doing it. Um, I've only seen them eat three times in front of me, Mm. but I'll come back a day later. The pinky will still be alive in there. I'll come back another day later and it's gone. Uh, So yeah, it's just, I think it's a matter of getting them to know, okay, I can eat this, you know,
0: Yep. I'm telling yep. you, I'm really still really curious if you took some like used mouse shavings or something and sort of did like a pseudo I tried it.
1: I tried it. Did you? Dude, I took a paper towel. I took a toilet paper roll, right? And uh, I buried it in the dirt. Okay? I packed the bottom with mouse shavings from the pet shop because I don't keep rodents, right? And then mm-hmm. I stuffed four pinkies down in there alive. And then two days later, the pinkies were still there. The pinkies were still alive. So I fed them off to the other stuff. You know? Mm. But I tried I tried to make a little nest of of um, uh, mouse shavings in like a little flat deli lid and put some pinkies in there, you know, because Nathaniel had said, oh, give them multiple pinkies to simulate a nest. They'll go in. They'll murder like the whole family and then eat at least two or three of them. And none of that ever happened. So
2: interesting. So baby stilettos,
0: they're they're eating baby no smile. one no
1: one really knows. Um, there is yeah. a no one has well, let me rephrase that.
0: He got one of the few species that no one knows anything about the natural history.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I wanted to get into it, is that <laughs> there's so many different species in the genera, and there's no natural history. And what natural history they do have is from uh civilian bites, you know, farm workers and and, and people in their homes and stuff in, in West Africa, and then wet specimens in museums. And like cutting open stomach content and like, it's a a big mystery. Yeah. It's a wide assortment. And like, yeah, there are certain species like some of the desert species that are honestly only eating small lizards. Right. But Mm -hmm. like the fossorial stuff, the the forest, the tropical, the the grassland and stepland species, there's rodents, there's insects, there's uh, arthropod like uh, earthworms and, Mm -hmm. and small lizards, other snakes, like there's everything in there. So it's kind of, it's super difficult. So, I mean, I've tried, I've tried tuna scent. I've tried lizard scent. I've tried lizard skins. I've tried gecko tail, like I said, dipped in, you know, the the paintbrush technique. Yeah. Um, I've tried pinky brains. I've tried uh, adult mouse, like part, smeared onto a pinky. Um, I got two of them to eat uh, cooked snails from the Chinese food market, but then they never ate it ever again
0: wild right i've i've rolled pinky yeah.
1: in in um you know the can of snails from zoomed yeah i've rolled pinkies in that um i did i tried flash boiling you know where you heat the water up and throw the frozen pinky in it and just yeah. boom it just instantly works um and what dude not-
2: eat earthworms or anything like that i tried mm-hmm. night crawlers
1: did you i yeah. tried the the red worms for bait um how about this you ready this is my try scorpions piece. i did not try scorpions mm-hmm. uh but my piece that was was going to the wholesaler for a ghana shipment which is where my animals are majority from and i bought i hand picked hand selected juvenile blue-tailed skinks alive Mm -hmm. i want to bring all the skinks back to the shop yeah because after a week i have like a skinny emaciated skink and i'm like oh i feel bad you didn't get eaten
2: they're not touching it yeah
1: yeah, they don't care so little shits yeah, it's been a wild ride man, but I've got uh I've got 4 now and they're all doing let me knock on some wood. They're all doing well, they're all eating, they're all pooping, shedding. I'll tell you what, dude, I went on the on the ones that I have, they went over 6 months with no food. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And it makes me think that it might be temperature related. It might be seasonal. They may be just gorging themselves in summer and then just chilling out for the winter. I have no idea. So I'm I'm documenting everything. I'm taking pictures. Do I have so many pictures of fucking dirt on my phone. It's hilarious.
0: He's probably got more information just with this group that he's been dealing with than than pretty much most people ever have documented yeah with yeah. the with the group because it's it's a species that you're gonna be the expert no one has really any desire to do anything with and then yeah it's yeah pretty much him and, and nathaniel that are really yeah keeping any of them in any serious numbers that we're aware of and you know yeah, i think for, uh, nathaniel's got the species that's that's like the least problematic to
1: no, i have the same ones do you Yeah, the same species as him. So the difference between Nathaniel and I is so Nathaniel's got like 28 or 29 of them. He's got a huge group Um, and he has to have all the same species for pharmaceuticals, right? Because they want it to be exactly the same species, exactly the same locality. That way, the venom is exactly the same. And uh, unfortunately, he has to keep them in a sterile environment because the way that they milk them, because it doesn't bite the vessel like a traditional venomous snake yeah. would, they're stabbing it right the side of the mouth, right, yeah. right? The face has to stay clean because if there's dirt or substrate or soil on the face, it can cross contaminate bacteria or whatever into the retaining vessel. So he literally keeps them on a, a newspaper newspaper with a hide box and a water bowl and he actually tube feeds them the same liquid diet that they give coral snakes.
2: Yep. Okay.
1: So I don't want to do that. I, I don't yeah. want to have to get hands on. I don't want to have to shove a tube down their throat like i'm not a laboratory i want i want them to be comfortable and happy and live the best life they can under my care right. but no one knows how to do that <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, i'm trying but they've you probably been you know, going yeah they've been hands down the hardest thing i've ever had to get feeding which is why i'm probably going to look for alterna in daytona <laughs> yeah
0: because he's got the hat and he's got the books Oh yeah,
2: you
0: do. Yeah. I'm working on the Subok hat. I know, dude, I'm
1: that's going to be my favorite hat. I'm going to wear that thing till it, till it dies. I'm ready for it, man. You sent me that uh that that little screenshot of the logo and I was like, "Ooh, that looks good as fuck."
0: That was so, uh, surprisingly a little a little tough to kind of get to look right, but it
1: looks it looks really cool, man. I love how it's like sharp and geometric, you know? looks good so but yeah i feel like uh venomous babe getting baby venomous to eat is very much species specific it's very much about the training that you're taught as a venomous keeper and it's about learning from non-venomous stuff like chondros and Mm -hmm. alterna and stuff that doesn't normally eat pinkies or fuzzies right. you know uh, some of the garter snake species you know trying to think outside the box of like what might these things eat in the wild because they're not getting white lab mice they're just not right.
2: nope.
1: so, but I, I don't know if that answered your initial question but uh yeah it did yeah yeah
0: so how many female condors did you pair this year
2: six I got four of them to go nice of course, the, the one that I've been, I, I'm trying to get dark horse to give me another clutch and it's always the one that you want the yep. most is the one that's going to, you know, say, nope. So two, two seasons in a row now, I haven't been able to get her to go. There's been a lot of active breeding and, and um, follicle swelling and all that, but then she just won't go the distance. I'm, I'm tempted to go get an x-ray on her just to see if, make sure she doesn't have like a retained uh, ova or something. Yeah that is keeping her from going the distance from the very first clutch that she gave me, uh, just to kind of rule it out. So it's weird because everybody else goes like clockwork and mm-hmm. I'm doing the same thing on all of them and she just doesn't want to do it.
1: So have you palpated her or no?
2: Yeah, I have, I can't feel anything. Um, okay, but you know,
1: are we, it's sure hard to say, still, are we sure it's still a girl?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I do have an offspring from her. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's 20, it's 2023, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. <laughs> Things are fluid.
1: Yes. Very. But,
2: um, yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping I can get that nut cracked at some point. It'd be nice to get some babies from her again. Yeah, man.
1: So of the babies you got this year from the four clutches, what's your red and yellow ratio? Uh,
2: pretty good. Uh, one of the clutches was, um, the male was a dominant red wamena, so uh, he was paired up with a uh, an aru, a yellow baby aru, and the whole clutch came out really super dark, uh, almost black. Nice. Uh, from that one. So that was a good that clutch. Wamena
0: blood, and man. Then, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm I'm super curious to see what those end up looking like because both the parents are kind of plain mm-hmm. Jane, but. When you take a red dominant wamena and cross it with another locality, really wacky shit yeah. happens a lot of times. So, Wamena's, uh, we'll see. Wamena
0: and Biak, man, that's that that weird secret sauce yep. that just does just really goofy shit. Yep.
1: Now yep. on those black ones, did you get a reduced patterning because of the aru?
2: Um, on some of them, I mean, there's there's fairly bold patterning though. Okay. On a, a good portion of them, but um, they're they're pretty unique looking, you know, coming out, and uh, I suspect that uh, the the when they do grow up and go through the color change, there should be some interesting interesting looking stuff out of there, just because they're so dark. And um, you know that cross in particular can do some pretty wild stuff. So yeah, um, it's a nice experiment. I'm curious to see what happens to them. Very. And cool. then uh, the other clutches, I you know the Manaquari stuff. Uh, I do get a few yellow babies that pop out in each clutch. Uh, I think I got on each of them, uh, like two, two yellow babies out of, you know, a dozen is usually what I end up getting. So, uh, I have a few, but you know, yellow babies don't get enough love of, they really don't, they Um, don't, they, it's just what you're looking for. I think, You know, the whole hobby is kind of funny and people tend to, um, just follow everybody else, it seems. And everybody has it in their mind that, you know, blue, blue line lineage is really the only stuff that you want to get. And, um, you know, those are fantastic animals they are beautiful, but, um, I think people are really missing out on, uh, what they could do with, with yellow babies, uh, particularly with things like maniquari and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. because you could selectively breed for like really bold dorsal patterning. So you've got like this really nice light green with an electric blue. The blue is different on the yellows, uh, compared to the reds. Usually it's usually a bit more vibrant. Uh, and of course it's more, yeah, like electric. Yeah. And it's usually, not always, but usually stays within the, the dorsal patterning. Uh, but if, you know, if you were smart and handpicked, you know, some really nice yellow babies with bold patterning and then kept holding back the ones with the best patterning, you could create some amazing stuff that nobody's doing only because they're focusing on the, well, they're, they're yeah. all focusing on red babies. And uh, you know, someone needs to start doing that. Cause you, you do really well, I think, you know,
0: well, it's it's because of damn Irby and Dave D and stuff, man. They're popping out all these just ridiculous, like world class yeah. chondros, and everyone's like, "What that look like as a baby?" And then you see that, yeah. and everyone's going for that. Yeah, yep. I can't say I blame them, but I I definitely agree that that the like dark red is the way that that's what everyone should be looking for. Don't look for yep. anything else. But
2: if you're going for blue. You know, if you're going for a blue wash or or whatever. But, you know, uh, Mark Heger popped out a yellow baby with a lot of melanism and stuff. And, you know, there's there's stuff you can do. And everybody should have that as a little side project, I think. You know, as they're focusing on the other stuff, too. I know I am. Yeah. You
0: know. What's the uh, plan as far as, like, holdbacks and stuff? Because, like, so if I produce green trees again... Uh when, I definitely, when you produce screenshots again. I'm gonna go ahead and say if just just in case. Okay. Um it's gonna I definitely plan to hold on to stuff longer than I did the first round. The first yeah. round that was a lot of that was to diversify what I you know, and there's with especially if it's gonna be if I end up pairing Starscream to some other stuff, like that's definitely gonna be some babies I want to, I want to hold on to and, and sort of keep around. But I mean, what's your plan there as far as holding on to stuff for any extended period of time and stuff that you plan on actually holding on to long, long long-term.
2: Yeah. I, um, the Wamana clutch, I'm actually going to release most of that um, at a, at a good price too. Um, Only because I I've got more than I can handle at the moment. I can't, I can't keep them all back. And I also think it would just be kind of fun to get some of these out there and and roll the dice and see if some people end up with some stuff that looks pretty, pretty amazing. And then I'm just going to cherry pick one or two out of there and hold that back. Um, the manaquari stuff, I've got that pretty dialed in. I, I think I know for the most part what they'll end up looking like based on mm-hmm. the, the three clutches that I've gotten from that pairing so far.
0: Is that Mako? In, in yeah. This? Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. They've been very consistent with the phenotype yeah. uh, that they produce. And, uh, so I'm, I'm letting all of those go, uh, this round. And then, uh, I, this is the first year I actually have one of my offspring that i paired up with a uh, pure Mantaquari, um that I got a decent clutch out of those. And, and um, I'll probably be holding like one or two from that and then release. Yeah, it's,
0: it's funny, man. Like I've seen people who had, who got animals from that first Mako duck, you know, Mr. Jones, Dr. Jones clutch. Yep. And uh, like, I can look at him and tell. Yeah. I'm like, like I'll message them and be like, you got that from Brahms, didn't you? And they're like, yep. And I'm like, from yep. Mako. And they're like, yep. And it's like, it's, it's funny because I, I mean the the female that I have, which is Starscream, the one I've been talking about. You know, she there. A lot of the other animals that that came from that clutch and and the clutches after that, they all do have sort of that look to them. That's just yep. to me, it's very identifiable. It's it's very obvious that it was from those two animals.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Every time, event, I, I you know, occasionally I'll see some that look very similar to that. Uh, obviously they aren't mine, but then when you look at the lineage on them, it makes sense. You know, there's, there's similar, um, locality phenotype that went into producing those animals. So, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dave D and Brian Fisher's supposed to be going to Daytona this year, actually. So nice. Pretty excited to talk to them. Dave actually messaged me. He's like, Hey, me and Brian Fisher are going to be out there, you know, going to hang out. And said, Absolutely. I've never met Dave. I, I really haven't even talked to him that much. Um, yeah. I talked to, I don't talk to Brian as much as I used to, but I, you know, I still check in with him periodically cause he got one or two B ox from me, I think too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He just produced some not too long ago too, I think. Yeah. 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 They're both good guys. I just did work with them uh, within the last month or so making stuff for them.
0: Yeah, Dave produces some awesome stuff, man. Top tier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Phil, when are you getting condors? Uh,
1: I actually, I was thinking about it this year, um, but I uh, put a big butt in there. Um, before I did my whole move and everything, I was like, man, I think I would just want to get a baby and just raise it up and just have a pet and like, because I, the only pythons I have right now that are like playable like can take out and like be sociable with are fuscus and as much as i love my water pythons they're just a big brown snake i mean yeah there's rainbow iridescence in the sun but like it's just a big brown snake so i kind of wanted to get a con because like my carpets are not i don't trust them (laughs) let's just be real like i have no problem like i'll I'll throw them over my shoulder that's no problem but like to hand them off to someone uh you know see that's um,
0: like that's my all the green trees i have minus the original male biok that I have that produced that first clutch, once they're out, they're fine. Oh, like, yeah, every yeah. time every time I open these tubs, and I'm sure David's the same, you know, for you. Like as soon as you open that lid, you usually have a mouth coming at you. Uh-huh. And I'll have animals that will like take multiple swings at me thinking they're getting fed, but as soon as they're out and they're off the perch, they're completely fine. Like I could hand yep. them off to, to my ten year old and I, you know, I wouldn't have any issues with with them. You know, taking a swing at her or anything. That male Bich, on the other hand, he is he's he fits the stereotype, which I do think that stereotype is valid at least for imported Uh, animals. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, Because my experience has been, if you get them when they're young and they're like small, you know, they are going to be a little more feisty. I think than than some of the more designer, you know, captive bred stuff. But I do think they end up growing out of that better than imported adults. I feel like imported adults you know, beox in particular yeah. they're going to be the way they're going to be like there's there's no there's no changing like they're setting their ways I think um, I don't know. Natush the-
2: confirmed that too. He said he? You know, when he was doing his field studies that beox definitely stood out in terms yeah. of how defensive they would be compared to the other localities species
0: I mean each one of them definitely has their, you know, as far as everything I have currently you know, each of them definitely die has their quirks and sort of their personalities that I I sort of know what to expect, but but most of them I can pull out and not have any problems. You know, they're not gonna yep. they're not gonna do anything anything shisty. So Yeah.
1: Well, I think that I, I was I was shopping for babies and I was looking at babies and I was like, Man, I could really set up a nice Viv, do a black box and get the get like get it all decored out, you know, make it aesthetically pleasing. And then I realized that. Everything I have is arid desert and montane, and just I'm asking for trouble, man. I just am. Yeah, you know? and with the exception of, like I said, with the exception of the fuscus and some carpets, and I don't know South Florida corn snakes. Uh, everything else is is arid and desert, and I Dry, just I, I, yeah, I just don't think it's yeah. going to work right. You know, yeah, so that's I, the
2: limitation for the way that I'm doing my room. My rooms are all ambient. You know, I don't have individual heating on the cages and, and so the rooms are dialed in for condros yeah. and, uh, but I would love to get my hands on some rhino rat snakes and you know, that kind of stuff. But I'm like, the room's not really set up for them. It's so warm. They,
0: they you know no, they do fine.
2: You think so? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Like yeah. my room, my room stays in like the middle of the day, like heat of the day right now. Yeah. My room probably gets into like the mid eighties at the highest. Okay. All right. And, you know, the rhinos, none of them have heat. I'm running ambient on mine as well now. I don't have any of the heat elements turned on any of my stuff except that Aki cage. Um, But I also have that that window in the room that gets afternoon sun. And I need to get blinds for that, actually, because it's kind of starting to freak me out a little bit because it gets kind of toasty. But the rhinos, I mean, as long as you're not keeping them, you know, above... 86 87 they're they'll, they'll be fine like yeah. the rhinos are they're super easy to keep they're yeah. they're not going to care they're, they're you'll see them hanging out in their water bottles a lot and that's that's normal but i have yet to have any issues with mine and them getting getting warm i think if you're you're kind of like cresteds in that regard like if you keep them really warm for an extended period of time like you're gonna have problems but yeah they're they're really not picky they really don't seem to care Oh, that's good to know. I might try them then at some point. You, you definitely should, man. You will not regret it. That's, yeah. uh, I I told the uh, the Corn snake group chat because I had my female out this morning taking some pictures. I was like, I would sell, if I had to, I would sell everything except these rhinos. Like, If someone was like, you can only keep rhinos for now until eternity, I'd be like, okay.
2: Yeah, I'd be cool with that. You have I, the uh, Priscina too, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I got a a pair of those from Matt Most. Um, How do they compare? I call them the <laughs> Rhino's evil twin. Yeah, I've heard that they can be <laughs> nippy. Yeah, They are identical to Rhino's in behavior in terms of like they're always out, they're always hanging yeah. out, they're always watching you, they're curious. But as soon as you go in there to actually do something with them, they're they're ready to go. Like they're Is on, right? yeah. They're either shooting out the cage onto the floor, or they're they're taking swings at you, or both. Interesting. Um, yeah.
1: It's like it, a it's like a rhino with on attitude, right?
0: It's like a rhino on PCPs. Kind yeah. Of the <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're awesome and they're pretty, and I really do like them. And Matt was he's like, you're gonna like these more than rhinos. I was like, I don't know, man. That's a pretty high bar. And I do like them a lot. I don't, you know, I don't want to get rid of them. I'm excited to breed them next year, but they are like. Again, I would have no issues with my ten-year-old walking in and opening a rhino cage and taking one out. Um, the percentum would be a very different, different <laughs> story. Yeah,
1: you, you know what Dave needs? He needs Nova Guineas. I feel like Nova Guineas would work really well with all his conjure room.
2: I had pop wins for a while.
1: Okay, yeah, he did. A, not the <laughs> same that, man.
2: That monster
0: female at that JCas. That's right. And, I oh, remember getting that. Oh, really? Rob, that I didn't hate. know.
1: That box giant came in. Sherman called. tank of a snake.
0: Dude, I was working the cigar shop when that got shipped, because I used to have Jake stuff get sent to me at the shop because I was there, you know? And I remember like, yeah, I got a carpet coming, you know, that's cool. And then the box showed up, and I'm like, what the fuck? brick <laughs> house. You're freaking retic in this thing? Yeah. And then I opened the box, and then I looked in the bag, I was like, Jesus Christ. And I said, I texted Jake, like, right away. I was like, dude, I was like this thing is fucking massive, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "This is the biggest damn pop one I've ever seen in my life, and probably will ever see." Yeah. And then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." And then he came and saw it. He's like, "Oh my god!"
2: Like, you know, what's funny is uh, I fed that thing very sparingly, and I had it since it was a little baby, and uh, you know, it was um, uh, not neglected, but you know, definitely was not messed with a lot. Fed it infrequently. But I, when it was an adult, I fed her big meals. I would give her a nice, good sized rat whenever I did feed her. uh, And I think that's what did it. She just
0: got massive. He's he's been getting, like, I have adult rats that I have no use for. I can't feed them anything because I don't have anything that big. But he takes some. And I know that that's what they're going towards because that's the only thing he has that I think that can even eat something that big. And, dude, when I went over. A Monstars version of the freaking Pop One carpet.
1: When yeah. I went over Jake's house, and he's like, "Oh man, you gotta you gotta see the pop ones." And then he's like, "Look at this one. Look at that one. Look at this baby." I'm like, "Oh, these are great." He goes, "And look, this is my breeder of male." I was like, "Oh man, that that male looks capital, man. It's like four mm. foot. Looks great." He's like, "Oh, and this is mom." And I was like, "What? What is that? A is that a bad eater? What is that thing?" Yeah, but again, house. you you need to get novas because that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and then every time I think about getting a a, a conjure, I just think of the novas, and I'm like, ah, uh, nah, just keep them.
0: Not the same. Nah, oh, no. man, I don't know. I don't. You really can't even compare conjures and carpets. I mean, you can in like the the feeding behavior and stuff. In that regard of knowing what to expect when you're gonna yeah. go in and and take them out. But other than that, you know. Well,
1: I- what I do think is funny is that me and Billy Jenkins got clutch mates, right? And of all the novas that Billy's ever produced or Billy Hunt's ever produced, me and Billy Jenkins are the ones that got the like the like pissed off ones, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. The Billy so. Hunt specials. Well, yeah, because the the my girl is she's sweet as pie, but the boy oh he'll take your face off, man. He thinks he's a jag.
0: <laughs> so, are you still keeping stuff outside of Condors?
2: No, I no. um yeah I pair. Down well, that's not entirely true. I have a horned frog that is my room trash can. So (laughs) if I've got an animal that doesn't want to eat pinkies, it goes to him. Uh, And I've got a couple aquariums in the room too with some fish. Uh, But snake wise, yeah, it's all it's all chondros.
0: Yeah, because there was a point. I mean, Phil's a big uh, Glades rat fan. You know, there was Uh, a point where you had some just insane ever. when
1: you when you I still have one. When now you, that I,
2: now you mentioned it, I forgot. I still have one female.
1: When you sent me yeah. the pictures of the ones that you sold, I a piece of my soul like left my body and just feathered away into the ether. Oh my god!
2: Everybody has that story where you you let something go and you regret it. You know.
1: What and do you mean? That, one story. Lots
0: of stories. It, it,
2: yeah, that for me though is one in particular where I'm like, oh, I really wish I didn't let those go. But
0: who yeah, did those I'm come sure. from originally?
2: It was a while ago. I'd have to look. Uh, I think I got them from somebody who is on Kingsnake, To be honest with you. Okay. And um, and then one of them yeah. was hypo, right? Yeah, they were. They were all hypos. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, but that mail was just absolutely incredible.
1: I think I still have pictures on my
0: phone. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> he pretty saved sure him. I did. Yeah. I did, bro. <laughs> he I did. printed
0: it and framed it. It's hanging on the wall. Let's not get
1: carried away there, but
2: <laughs> yeah, he was spectacular. Find... Yeah. Glowed in the dark
0: yeah Radio, radioactive
2: yeah. bro yeah really was
0: within the last few years you've sort of changed up your setup that you got going on in the back there you switched to like that sort of bizarre cambro i don't it's not really i don't still don't fully understand how you have those mounted like how they're how they're sitting but
2: it's super simple you know how at home depot you can get those uh, tracks that you mount to the wall Mm-hmm. And then if you've got the brackets that slide into them, so you can put shelving on them. I, I do all that, but I just don't bother with the shelving cause I don't need it. And, uh, okay. and then every individual cage sits on the brackets that the shelf would sit on and I can adjust the height and, and all that. So, you know, behind me, I've got, um, you know, each wall is set up with those and I can put the big cambros. I can put the small cambros. I can, you know, do all that. And, uh, the most of the animals that I'm keeping, the localities are on the smaller side and the large cambros work well. Yeah. Um, you know, for the maniquari type stuff. And, and, uh, you know, it's easy to keep clean and, and, um, you know, they all bred in them this year. Mm-hmm. There's no issue whatsoever. So,
0: yeah. Uh, my eyes.
2: Yeah. I want him back. I wish I knew where he went.
1: I told you I still had the pictures, bro.
2: Yeah. I sold him to Bob Clark. And Did then, you really? uh, Yep. And then uh, I reached back out to him at one point, and he couldn't remember. He sold it and didn't know where it went. I was trying to track him down to see who had him, see if I can get more offspring from him again. But
1: Yeah, yeah man. And then I think you said you still have one left, right?
2: Yeah, I've got a, a female that I have.
1: I think I have a picture of that snake in the deli cup from when you got it. <laughs>
2: yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: pretty sure yeah. you sent it to me. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, 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 dude. I had to hang on to him, man. What a nerd!
2: (laughs) I love Everglades rats, though. They—I don't know what it is about them in particular. I like rat snakes in general, but something about the Everglades rats. I just—they, I'm drawn to them. They're just amazing.
1: They're just so unique, and like the the personality is so different from a normal yellow. Yeah, and and it's just oh man, it's crazy. And yeah. What I think is, is worse is just to coincide with your your regret of selling them. When I was younger, man, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, we would find maybe one or two a month, and they mm. were just so pretty. And I was like, man, these are so great. I'm so happy we have them in Florida. And I would always just let them go. Yeah. I was like, oh, here you go, Snake. Go make more. And I haven't seen them in at least 10, 15 years in the wild. That's sad. It's And I, I think it has to do with – land development and them not having enough of their own kind to breed so they're just intermingling with yellows and it just gets washed out. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. That's sad.
1: Yeah. What are you going to do?
2: I would love to have a giant display. Oh, sure. With Everglades in them. I'd deck it right out. It would be so nice.
1: Smitty told me about, I I can't remember where you were, Smitty, but there was, a, I guess, like a corn snake exhibit that had, like, old tractor wheels. Yeah, that's what what I would like to do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Dude, like, that would be a a hell of a thing. Like, in the living room, like, under the TV or something. That'd be awesome. Like,
2: part of a pump house or something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: Yeah, man. some, Some old boards with, like, you know, uh, sugar cane, right? Printed, Nails. printed logo, yeah. yeah.
2: That'd be so killer. Really when I is. win the lottery this week, I'm gonna do that for sure.
0: Nice. I'd love nice. to just set up a, a whole private collection like that. It'd be great.
1: Well, the next been, time um... I'm
0: at the Serpentarium, I need to take a picture of that and send it to you because it's—they like, nailed it, man. It looks—it mm-hmm. looks like just like the inside of like an old barn. You know, it's got old, rusty, like, uh, not tools, but like hooks and pulleys and stuff and just looks like an old like abandoned barn barn yeah the corns love it
1: so i've been on like a quest these past couple years of like getting really really nice shots for backgrounds in my vivariums and i got this one for pygmy rattlesnake and i haven't made it yet but i might wind up putting i got everglades rats from mike kasicki i might wind up using this for them so this is in the cane fields in glades county this is a what they call a mini pump house where it's not an actual house, it's kind of like a shed with mm-hmm. a diesel tank next to it.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and like put some some rusty farm equipment in there and uh oh, be, be awesome.
2: That'd be killer.
1: Dude, it's the little things, man, right? It is. <laughs> That's <laughs> what then, makes a hobby fun. And, and by the way, if if you want, let let me know. I will uh, I'll get you some dead cane. And I'll mail you up some dead cane to put in the enclosure. Oh, that'd be awesome. Just spread it around. Yeah,
2: dude.
1: Make
0: it look right.
2: Yeah, that'd be killer for sure.
0: Are you doing live plants in any of your condor setups?
2: No. No? No, I have uh, silk plants that I use.
0: Mine will go. So I have pothos in the water bowls with, with, I think, like half of my green trees. And they'll be in there hanging out fine for weeks. And then, for whatever reason, there'll be a week period where they just keep kicking it out mm. on their nightly cruises. And I I tried the the water bowl holder, like what Luke was doing with the, yeah. the deli tall deli cup with the pothos growing in that, and that worked fine. But I had like I had one male biok with that in there, and it got to the point where he would pop that thing out like every night, and dirt would just go everywhere. Yeah, and after like the third time of cleaning that up and putting it back, I was like, okay, you don't get this anymore. You're, yeah, it's revoked.
2: You lost your privileges. Yep,
0: yep. But it went like he didn't touch it forever, and then all of a sudden, he finally realized, oh, I can kick this out and you know get dirt everywhere and like clockwork. Yeah, you ever
1: you ever try and use a um uh, a a big water bowl? Like, how do I phrase this? So back in the day, when we had baby chondros and we had baby eyelash vipers and we had baby squams, we would get these really tall, almost like a wonton soup containers, you know, the really tall deli Mm -hmm. and uh, put a piece of wire that had like the fake, the fake branch wire. You know what I'm talking about? Put that across the top, air holes in the lid, and then put like maybe two or three inches of water in it. And then the snake just poops in the water. You dump the water out, whatever. And it kept the humidity up and all that. I always want to know if somebody would put a, like a large, I don't want to say it like a dog food bowl or something that's just water with the plant coming out of it. And then the condor
0: sits on the rim. Does I've never any... had that happen. Not intentionally. I've had condors do that because oh. I, I have that going on in some okay. of mine and there's been a couple of times where I've had a condor perch up on the bowl, but it was because I came in at night and turned on the light and the light was on for a few minutes and they were like, oh, okay. And they curled up on the, on the edge of the wall. Uh, okay. Bowl and, okay. And, yeah. That was it. But as far as them purposefully doing it, I've never, never seen them do it. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. They always want to go to the highest spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wild man. Yeah. It's funny. They would, I mean, they would, they would purge on nothing if they could. I remember having some wires for some of the lights and the, uh, the Python portal setups and some of those B would curl up on the wires. Yeah. It was like so thin like literally if they're if they could if they could perch on nothing they would like it's it's just it's goofy if you give them something super thin they will do everything in their power they prefer it perch on it yeah yeah they
2: want it
1: four four foot snake on a pencil thick vine
2: yeah the it's really dramatic when you look at emeralds they're they're almost worse yeah you know Mm -hmm. they they want the same thing but they're three times larger you know
1: Which never made sense to me, like all the people that, I mean, obviously this is old school and like now we have, you know, the reptileperk.com to uh, facilitate <laughs> our needs. But like back in the day, you used, to get, um, you used to get PVC pipe, I guess it was like inch and a half or two inch PVC pipe, whatever it is, mm-hmm. with the two brackets, you'd screw it into the sides of the vision and then cut the top off. So it kind of made like a C shape or U shape mm-hmm. and then just stick the PVC pipe in it. And that too, that's what everyone kept like basins on. Like newspaper, a water bowl, and a white PVC pipe from Home Depot. And it never made sense to me why they use this big, giant, thick pipe when they clearly don't – they would clearly prefer a thinner, more naturalistic branch.
0: Yeah. I think it's because emeralds are so damn heavy-bodied that if you use anything thinner, you know, barring – I mean, if we're talking like – three inch PVC going down to two maybe, but anything thinner than two, it's going to start to bow and those things are just going to like collapse it.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. One thing I noticed too, I think the hobby in general, because people like looking at their snakes and, uh, you know, green trees and emeralds, but they want to look at them a specific way. They want them coiled up in that classic. Yeah. Arboreal snake position. And uh, so everybody just went, you know, straight pipes and that's what everybody's been using for decades but you know if you start adding in other stuff for them to to try and perch on you know cross bracing or you know thinner diameter stuff particularly if you've got intersections they they like to to rest on those intersections they don't oh, always yeah. like to just be coiled up mm-hmm. like you usually see them I think people are missing out by not I mean, providing that. You know, Mark
0: Goyer was given his green trees, uh, like elevated hides. Like, yeah, I was going to do that too. He yeah. was saying they were using them like way no more doubt. than
2: you would think. Yep, they'd probably be in there most of the time if I were to guess. Yeah, you know.
1: Has anyone tried uh, those finch bird nests? Like, what they do for Boyga?
0: Not that Not I know that I'm aware of. of. You
1: know what I'm talking about, though, like the wicker bird nest you yes. buy from the yep. pet store with the I two wires. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I, I know tons of people that use that for Boiga, but I don't know if it, obviously you'd have to have a big bird's nest for an adult chondro, but still.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it definitely you couldn't do it with any of the larger like arus or biox or anything like that because you'd have to have a massive nest and even then if you're keeping them in something that's a little more humid long term i would wonder if that that wicker would start to deteriorate yeah get funky fall out but smaller stuff you know i think it would probably use it i don't i don't know um, most of the stuff i have could probably fit in one pretty pretty reasonably yeah i would think i don't know i'd like I've, i feel not necessarily bad but i know i've talked about it a good bit recently just like a lot of my, my chondros, barring that older male biok, they're they're fairly small. Like I don't I don't mm-hmm. know how big your your smallest female is, David, but you know, I have that pair from Luke that are twenty eighteens. Uh-huh. And I think they're maybe around the four hundred gram mark. uh uh-huh but I also haven't been feeding the absolute snot out of them, you know, cause I'm, I'm really weird about feeding condros a lot. I think even Starscream right now, like she's, she's heavier than I'd I'd like her to be. Uh huh. Um, but like, that's, I think we've texted about it back and forth a bit, but the whole, you know, breeding condros age overweight sort uh-huh. of debate, you know, where do you sit on that? I
2: don't stress out about their size whatsoever. I, um, matter of fact, the smallest girl that I've bred was probably between four and 500 grams. And I, and I got a dozen eggs out of her with zero issues. Um, I think if they're sexually mature and, um, you know, they're beyond that four year mark, I don't think size matters from what I've seen. They're completely capable and have no issues whatsoever. They just, they'll have a smaller clutch. That's usually what they do, you know?
0: And were and, those, I mean, were those eggs the same size as what they were? were. Yeah. Wow. No different.
1: I was just going to ask that. That's great. Yeah. Lisa's saying that she wants to get a stag fern for hers. And I imagine that would probably be pretty cool. They probably like nest up in that. But I feel like that's a definitely a type of plant that would, you'd have to, you'd have to really secure it. Cause I feel like they would just knock that thing over every
0: night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They definitely make use of it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Dude, Reed had one at his house that was like
1: the stag. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. Thing yeah. had
0: to be like I, I'm not even kidding, like three inches in diameter or three feet in diameter. Like yeah, just huge.
1: Yeah, it's like a lazy boy.
0: Didn't even know they got that big. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Because Katie has a few that she got from him when we were up there seeing him and Slate and and stuff and nice. I don't know they're super slow growing so I'm like how the hell how long did it take for that thing to get that big like
2: probably forever
0: just ridiculous yeah yeah but it's been uh again I tried to pair that that smaller pair earlier this year with no luck I mean the male was definitely all about it after seeing you know gary posted a while back one of his first videos he had a a really tiny rfac i think it was that that he paired and i remember seeing that being like there's no way you got eggs out of that thing but he did and i think they i want to say they were all good and they all hatched but
1: would he get four or five
0: i think it was a little more than that yeah
2: probably 10 or 12 i would assume wow yeah i am telling you justin i i i don't worry about that whatsoever uh as long as they're old enough,
0: they're capable. That's good. Well, I was originally going to pair the holdback that I have from my first clutch to Starscream, but it turns out that three of them that I thought were males are actually females. Mm. So my ratio essentially went from like being really male-heavy to being really female-heavy. And I have that adult Bioc. One's from Luke is a male, mm-hmm. but the others are all females. So I've got like 2.4, 2.5, 1, 2.4. 4, and then that one baby from Luke that he produced last year. Mm-hmm. So they're all smaller, but I'm going to, I'm going to give them a shot.
2: Yeah. yeah it brings up a, uh, something I, I see often. You'll see people online, trying to move some of their animals because they're male heavy and, you know, they want to thin it out. And um, I think people way underestimate the need of having a lot of males oh, in your yeah. collection, particularly with chondros, from what sure. I've experienced. Uh, if you Everyone's get one that's a good female. breeder, yeah, if you if you mm-hmm. got male chondros that are good breeders, they're worth their weight in gold. And because you'll get some that it doesn't matter what you do, you cannot get them interested in, mm-hmm. in the girls and there's no telling what it is. Um, so it's, it's really good to have a bunch of them in the arsenal in case you, you run into one or two that want to be duds and it happens a lot. And I think that's why a lot of people don't, uh, are not successful breeding condros because they only have one male or yeah. they'll have, or they'll have a couple males and they'll put them together and nothing happens year after year as well. I, I've there's said a compatibility this issue of some sort.
0: Yeah, for a few years, I've I've been of the opinion that I'd rather be male heavy than, than female heavy. And if yep. I was going to put any, if I was looking to get a group of green trees, you know, may, say I got like two females, I would be much more inclined to be more specific and put more money into the male that I got over the females. Yeah. And that's simply for the fact that you can breed a male more than once in a season. Yep. you know it's not it doesn't work the other way obviously but right there's there's a ton of em- em- emphasis put on on females and there's always people uh, I've getting messages semi regularly if you know you have any female green trees and I, I don't but it was like if I was going to you see people buying these designers and stuff right and putting all this money into these these animals from Irby and, and Dave D and stuff like mm-hmm. that which is, is great and all but if I was going to get one of their animals I'd be going for a male man I don't, yeah. Females are great, but I want a stellar male. That's that's
2: for a number of reasons. They're usually not going to croak as a result of the breeding process too. You know, females drop dead all the time because it's so taxing males. You can put them to multiple females and they're going to be just fine. Yeah, You know,
1: do you guys ever swap sheds or swap feces for like combative reasons or no?
2: I tried it once. Um, I put the shed of another male in with uh, the, one of the males that I have, Dr. Jones. And uh, it was incredible how aggressive he got <laughs> uh, with himself. I mean, he got so really? worked up. He was actually biting his own flanks. He was biting the perches. Wow. He was like, you open the cage. He was coming out after you. I've never He's seen anything like it. So I was like, well, I don't need to do that. that wasn't <laughs> okay didn't need to do that all right
1: yeah because i I just know like with some of the cobras in the past i've taken uh and and pythons because i've never bred pythons on purpose uh but some of the python species too where you take a a competitor or a different male shed and put it with the female then throw the the intended breeder male in there and he's like oh Mm -hmm. there's another there was another dude here i gotta get on it
2: yeah that's why i was doing it yeah
1: yeah but i'm saying put the shed with the girl and then put- no,
2: I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I did that, and um, it flipped a switch, like hyper aggressive. Wow. Yeah. All right. I that, mean, that literally, drunk- I took video of it. He literally was biting himself out of aggression. Wow. He was so that, worked
0: up. That yeah. drunk friend at the bar that just wants to swing on anybody that that looks exactly. At him, you know? yeah. yeah. Wow. She I've thought that. about doing it, but that has been a concern of like, am I gonna send him into just? Sensory overload to where they're just gonna, you know, freak the fuck out like that. And I don't know. other
2: people have done it and didn't get the same response. Yeah, but you know, you're rolling the dice. I think you know the males. Well, male I, condo's you, are very territorial. You know, if
0: you've got a male too, that's that's an absolute stud when it comes to to breeding and stuff too. I think you're probably more likely to get that reaction out of them if they're. I think you're right. I mean, you've bred him a couple of years now too, so he's like. He knows what's going on. Yep. I'm sure it's not yep. like a first-time male. That's that's trying to figure everything out. But he's on the team. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see if if I did that with that that big male biuk. I have. I feel like he would probably he he would be that guy. Yeah. Wild man. Wild. <clears throat> Ryan Young told Lisa not to do it. The males will kill each other. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's crazy how, especially you have like a super mellow animal, but you you put another male into the mix and it's just game it's over. On. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. But it also it also goes to prove my point that chondros are dumb as hell. True, they're pretty, but they ain't smart. They're the supermodels. God,
2: yeah, <laughs> all looks, no brains. <laughs> yep.
0: I still have some of the older animals that'll like. Every, every time I feed them, it never fails. I, I offer them something, and they grab it, and they wrap it, and then it's like they fall asleep with it in their mouth. Yep. And I have to, like, go and tap the tub, and then you see them, like, wake up, and they're like, oh, yeah, I was eating. <laughs> and then they go right back to it. But, like, they'll sit there hanging with the food in their mouth for, like, an hour. Yeah. And it's literally, like, narcolepsy or something. Like, they just fall asleep while they're, like, mid-meal. Mid
1: and you guys want me how, to keep these things? I was like, I how, how do you survive in the wild? Like,
0: how do you guys – how are you guys still alive? I don't think they would.
2: That animal would croak.
0: Crazy. So I, had some, I had one of them, too, that bit itself and held on. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus. Just a Mediterranean gecko snatch up a moth.
1: It's funny, man. I've been watching your eyes go, looking around the screen at the geckos, and I've got the one cane toad from the, from the last Snakes and Sogies, he's hopping around my, my sliding glass door and I'm like, what are you catching, bro? What are
0: you getting? Well, it's funny because all the Mediterranean geckos I have in here are from that small group I tried to start like two years ago. And they all got out. <laughs> and they all got out somehow or another and so now I have a nice little group of them here the the guys that are, are taken off, which it's like, one day I'll probably need one of them. Yeah, they're exactly. Behind the, they're behind the cigar signs that I have hanging on the wall. That's the funny part. Nice. There's one that lives yeah. behind the Gurkha sign, and there's one that lives behind the Oliva sign, and she's watching her just snatch up bugs. That's great, because there's plenty of them in here. But yeah, I'm anxious to breed them again, man. It's coming. I see every like you and Luke popping out babies and stuff, and I'm like, damn. And then I got Justin Olson who lives who lives down here by me now, and he just hatched out some stuff that's just. Absolutely nice. incredible. Yeah. And, <laughs> Gives me the itch. I got the itch. It'll happen. Yeah, man. It'll happen. For sure. For sure. I feel more prepared this time, too. Not just because it's green trees and it's like I've, I've got the first round of that sort of out of the way and I sort of know what to expect, but like hatching more stuff. Yeah. Overall. You know, I feel a little less. If I can get this Jansen egg to hatch, I'll be like,
1: "How how many days are we in on that?"
0: I think September fourteenth is roughly when it's supposed to hatch.
1: Okay, and we're looking good so far.
0: So far, haven't had any issues. I'm knocking on wood right now. With it, I like. I'll open the lid periodically just to get some air circulated in there, but I literally pretend it isn't there.
1: Good good
0: and now i gotta figure out because rob messaged me and we were you know stone we were talking about a little bit and he's like dude when that thing starts to pip he's like cover it don't look at it don't do anything like if you're gonna check on it check on it very quickly like briefly like half a second if you can because if those things see you he's like it'll freak out and it'll try and eject from that egg before <clears throat> that umbilicus is still attached and he's like and that thing is toast so I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that yet. I may move the Govi or not the Govi, but the, the wise camera into the closet somehow and position it to where I can check, like look at it and not have to be in there looking at Why
1: it. Why don't you get one of those? Um, they sell those like, uh, 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 for lack of a better word, a Bluetooth endoscope and you can oh, pl- yeah. pl- plug in the wall, slide it through a friggin' air hole that's true, and it'll it'll be fisheye. It'll be all weird and distorted, and it'll have its own little light, the little like uh, infrared light, so you can see what the hell you're doing. But like, they they sell them for they go down your kitchen drain, you know? Yeah, 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 dude. Just they're like twenty bucks on Amazon, thirty bucks on Amazon, or better yet, spend a couple bucks more, spend a hundred, two hundred, whatever, and get a nice one, and literally just fish that thing in there, and you never even have to go in the room until you see them out of the
0: egg. Well, actually, I think <clears throat> what I would do with that is cover up the front top and sides and then leave the back open like the end of the tub and just stick a wise cam in there. Just not just that, but like take a, the endoscope or something and stick it so that it's looking at the, through the back of the tub in. Yeah. And maybe be able to watch it that way. I don't know yet. I mean, it, it very well could be that that thing hatches and I just, you know, it comes out in, you know, a day, but yeah, Yeah, I've I've
1: also seen it where similar things of, um, not eggs incubating, but like for breeding animals where the enclosure is completely blacked out and you can't see in. So what people have done is they've gotten um, the, uh, the very similar setup with like a remote camera that plugs into the lightning port of an iPhone. And they just have like an old iPhone six or whatever. And the iPhone is in the room in a closet or in, in the room and they come over and they turn the iPhone on. And they look in with the camera because there's no room to like put a wise camera or a CCTV camera or whatever. And they yeah. literally use their iPhone or tablet as a viewing window to see what the hell's going on before they actually make entry into the mm-hmm. enclosure or whatever. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a 21st century version of peeling away the newspaper to get an eyeball in there. You know, oh, yeah.
0: That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably got, more work than a, it's worth, but I've got a month to figure it out. Hopefully. I mean, that's assuming that it, everything is fine in there and that it does go but
1: and is that the only egg left in the incubator
0: no I've got the rhino clutch in there and then I have the four unexpected semi planned bairds clutch hanging out in there too which that beard's clutch that I've been waiting to hatch finally started yesterday or the day before. And I think one baby is out. There's three eggs that still haven't pipped yet that I might have to cut because I don't know what's going on with those. I'm starting to wonder if they're even good or if their babies died full term. But I'm looking at them right now. There's one out of the egg cruising. What temperature are you incubating that Jensen at? 78.
2: Oh, so on the cooler side. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the rhinos, too. Um, this is the first clutch of rhinos that I've I've gotten, and Rob said seventy eight. He's yep. like they they hatch at sixty days, almost on the dot every time. So he would know, yeah. And I, everything else I had in the incubator pretty much got dropped to that too, anyways. Mm-hmm. So you know I wasn't gonna adjust it so that corn snakes could hatch sooner. You know it was uh, and I'm doing a, a test I now, dropped- so I. I had the the incubator at seventy eight, and then I got that second clutch from from the first corn pairing, and I have those cooking on the tall Cambro rack in my room, and I'm going to see if there's any difference in terms of hatch time and stuff on those. Mm-hmm.
2: I definitely dropped temperature for chondros now on really? incubating those eggs. Yeah, I um, I'm down to eighty six and got really good results. Yeah, and I, I'm just going to stick with that going forward.
0: It seems like there's been a, like that whole sort of standard operating procedures for incubating chondro eggs across the board has, uh-huh. has changed for everyone over the past couple of years. Like I remember it it 87 and a half was like the standard for a long time and then it seems yep. like everyone kept kind of dialing it back more and more uh, and even then now I, it's just it makes me laugh a little bit because that's hot. Like incubating at 86 is warm yep. for a, a lot of stuff compared to what we normally incubate yep. at. I mean the, the boy guy cooked it. They get to 80, I think, during the day, 82, maybe, and then 78 at night. Yeah. You know, and those, it's just odd because now you go back to Contros and it's like, oh my God, I can't keep anything else in the incubator with these because that's too I know. warm. They're, <laughs> like, they're piping dude. hot. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Now, what did you say was hatching right now? Bairds. I feel like you said that so nonchalantly. I feel like <laughs> Smitty two years ago would be like, there's Bairds. I'll be right back.
0: I mean, I've been waiting on these for... They're, they started hatching on, like, day 78. So wow. I was starting to wonder if they were even going to hatch. Because I moved them. I moved them into that bigger egg box. And I'm wondering if that's why those other three haven't hatched. Like, I messed those up somehow. But mm. We'll see. Well, the group
1: chat is saying that they want to see some snakes. Literally. <laughs> Are you in the mood for some show and tell, Dave?
2: Yeah, I can. Let me grab something.
0: Yeah. Hold on one second. Dark horse.
2: Yeah, if she's not cruising, I'll grab her.
0: Hold on. Hell yeah. That is such a nice animal. Dude, look at those Cambros. Look at them. I know. I, I have such a love-hate with the Cambro thing. Like, if I, I actually, he got me thinking, if I could find lids for mine, I would... 100% ditch that rack that I have them in right now and set them up into that wall that that rack is up against. And
1: dude, I I love I would my be able
0: Cambros to so much.
1: Dude, I love my Cambros, man. They're so versatile. Like, oh, you don't want to do arboreal anymore, you want to do terrestrial? Sure, take the branches
0: out. Done. I mean, okay, I sh- I should rephrase that. I don't have a love-hate relationship with Cambros. I just hate that rack.
1: Okay. Okay. And see, there's such a big divide at least in my personal like my personal world with friends and stuff there's such a big divide between a sterile cambro and like naturalistic oh, oh yeah. here we go she is you want to you make them full screen yeah i'm back all right we, we made you full screen so you can really show and tell yeah oh man look at that oh. thing, dude
0: just went from six to midnight oh
1: man oh incredible look at the yellow creeping up underneath dude she looks like she's in shock like what the hell did you just do bro <laughs> uh, She was just
2: trying to eat me she was definitely on high alert when i oh, went in there nice
1: what an animal look at all the flecking oh man dude dude
0: See, I like that stuff over like the straight blue animals. Honestly, like I like it that there's a little more going on. Yeah.
1: See, that's blue with patterning. It's not just blank.
0: Yeah. She's pretty
2: amazing. Her eyes are what really. Yeah. I love. She's got amazing eyes. They're just so golden yellow.
1: Dude, what an animal! Yeah. Look at the white lips with the yellow on the. Oh man. Dude, incredible. Anybody who's listened to this on your commute, mark the time. It's right around 1
0: hour and 50 minutes.
1: Yeah, 145. Yeah, yeah, 145. Jump on YouTube. Take a look at this friggin' specimen. It is incredible.
2: (laughs) And how old is she? I got her, I think, in 2013.
0: Okay.
2: As a baby. Uh, let me uh i'll put her back and i'll grab the one the one and only offspring that i got from her so you can see how it compares
0: yeah you did don't you, happen did you, did you pair her to dr jones
2: i did yeah. yeah yeah
1: you don't happen to have like a desk lamp handy do you um i mean don't yeah, go, don't go I do. crazy i'm just I, thinking like- a little
2: yeah hold on one second i'll grab something yeah yeah take Gosh, your time
1: Take your time. No, dude, I'm just. I want, man,
0: pull out some snakes and you're asking the world. Uh, no, I want, I want,
1: dude, the group chat is is saying it's, it's kind of hard to see. Incredible. It's fire. Wow. Billy Jenkins put a bunch of water splashing is emojis.
0: That, is that what that is? It looked like peanuts. I can't tell.
2: I don't know if this is going to work. We'll see. All right. Just a, just a little pen light thing.
0: I feel like it should be like oh a base from Pulp Fiction, where you just it, open it, it up. It is. Look at that
1: freaking snake! That's so great, man.
0: Oh man!
1: Blues within blues it, within greens uh, within blues.
0: Wasn't she an import?
2: She was. Yeah, I bought yeah. her as a red baby manaquari Didn't look anything spectacular when I got her, but then she, you know, obviously turned into this. I got really lucky.
0: See, that's why one of the things I love about Conjures, though, is you can, it's that, that lottery sort of effect where it's like you can get something that may not look like anything special. Right. But then it turns into that. Like you, and no one knows. Like, that's the thing I like about it. Is You can't have someone that's been doing Conjures for 20 years look at something and be like, yeah, that's going to be looking like nope. this. No, you not like The playing not really. field is completely level in that regard, and that's one of the things I like about them a lot.
1: That's so great. Now, how much of this is time of the year and hormonal?
0: None. Wow. Wow. Yeah, every picture I've ever seen of that animal, that's what she looks like. Yeah. She just gets
2: more blue with age. Oh, as as so time bloody. has gone on, she's just become progressively more blue. And it's it's not hormonal. It's just it's been something over the year, you know, she's been doing.
1: Wow. Hmm. It's it's legitimately like it's it's legitimately breathtaking in the sense of you just you don't even know what to say
2: yeah let me uh I'll put her back and I'll grab her offspring so I can show you yeah yeah yeah. let me uh I'll have it so bear with me
1: take your time man
0: that's so cool that is one thing about cambros that I do not like is having to figure out how to cut them without shattering them
1: well dude I did um I, when I got my Camber wreck from, um, from Sean, uh, I was terrified and I was like, man, I'm going to have to use a soldering iron. I have to melt it. I hate melting it. And then Henry told me about step drill bits and, and, and doorknob bits. And dude, mm-hmm. that is a game changer. All of my Camber tubs, I use a step drill bit. They're all the exact same diameter hole. I took a ruler and a Sharpie and just measured out even space dots and I marked them with a Sharpie and dude crisp clean holes and i feel like cameras are so thick and durable that i've dropped mine on concrete and it bounced it went boom 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 you know yeah yeah and i have not yet not yet knock on wood cracked one even drilling it with the step drill bit and it just makes a perfect clean hole with that step
0: drill bit do those lids snap on do you know
1: no, because they I always not, thought they just sat. They do. They just sit right on top because it's meant for uh, food storage. Right. So I don't know if um, how Dave has those. Obviously, he can tell us he's in the room still, but all the ones I've seen just kind of sit on top for a restaurant, you know, a restaurant kitchen.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Uh, oh yeah. wow, dude! That looks like a freaking palm viper.
0: It does, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Wow, the black in the saddles. Ugh. Awesome. Is that a male or a female?
2: Uh, I think it's a male.
0: Look at that guy just hanging out.
2: I hope it's a male.
0: Oh. Such cool snakes. So great.
2: Beautiful. Yeah.
0: It's crazy to think that I even own any because I remember as a kid looking through reptiles and seeing the old Signal Herb ads and being like, yeah, and then going on Signal herp and looking at the prices and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll never own those. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> and, now and, I it's, it's, and here it's, we are. It's, right. it's, so, it's so amazing how of the three snakes he's brought out, they have very, very little white dots.
2: Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, this uh, the maniquary stuff actually does have a fair amount of, of white speckling. I um, on some of the individuals that I have. Let me see if I can grab one of the the uh, pure maniquary so I can show you. I know uh, Ryan Young, he's selectively breeding the manaquari now uh, to try and get some high white out of those like he did with the Aru.
0: Oh, his Aru's were nuts. Yep.
1: And uh, Dave, you can still hear us, right? Yep. So we were just talking when you were grabbing that one out. Uh, these camber racks that you have in the background, yeah, those obviously have lids on them. Yes. How are those lids affixed? Do they just sit on or are they clamped on or what?
2: No, they, um, they, they actually have these little nubs, and they snap into little pockets. Oh, okay. So um, they're, they're really strongly uh, affixed uh, to the tub. There's like no way a, um, a chondro or really any of the other kind of snakes, too, or would be able to push it open. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you see this one? Not a lot, but it's there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. What is it about the Manaquari locality in particular that you've been so drawn to?
2: I I like the the blue mm-hmm. and the the dorsal patterning, and I think out of all the localities, um, they um, you can get some really amazing looking stuff, um, you know, from selective breeding, you know, most of the stuff that I have started with manaquari lineage. Yeah. So, you know, you can see that with just some selective breeding, you can start getting some really, really nice stuff that, uh, I think after a short period of time is, is probably going to rival some of the, the traditional blue line stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting close because, you know, a lot of the animals that I'm raising up, particularly from that Mako and Dr. Jones pairing, uh, they all go blue, um, as they, they grow, uh, you know, they gain, uh, more years. And, um, I just think, you know, that locality in particular is really good at that. And they're just beautiful.
1: Yeah, man. And they
2: stay on the smaller side too, which is a plus, you know. Yeah, how yeah, big
1: was I, that big female you just had? Like four foot?
2: If that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Having that big female be up when she was still around, man, like that's a that's a handful when they're yeah. Ready to go and they're I mean, not as bad as the as the Bar scrub, you know, by a large margin, but yep. you get a big, big green tree that's pissed off and doesn't want to move, man. It's an event. Yep. That's wild. you'll feel it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been fortunate. I haven't, I haven't taken any hits from any of the, the bigger ones, but I got nailed by a two year old and that was, that wasn't no fun. No.
2: I don't know if you can see, hold on one sec here. This guy right behind me. That's the one that you produced.
0: Hey. Right yeah. This guy. Nice.
2: Let me see if I can get him out.
0: Yours was one of the more feisty ones, wasn't it? it was yep. Like Luke's.
2: Yeah, this one's been kind of a dick, but I like that, though. That's
0: yeah, um, funny, because mine, she's she's completely handleable. Seems pretty split. I had some that got some that were like that, and then I have people that got some that are just like the, the chillest Beox ever. Man,
1: look at those perches. Man, beautiful, beautiful perches. I wonder where Legendry. I can catch them. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's a killer snake. Yeah. And it's great how big it is, and it's retained all that yellow.
2: Oh yeah, he's pretty.
1: Yeah. And this is fifty percent biak.
0: Hundred percent. Hundred
1: percent. Oh, okay. Hence the yellow.
0: Well, I'll I'll say they were they were biak type parents. I don't know the background yeah, this this all on any of them, but this is all B-Ock. I think it's fair it's to yellow. say, yeah. Yeah,
1: with all that yellow, yeah. Still, man. Great looking animal. Mm-hmm. Great looking head on him.
2: Yeah, he's ready to be put with something. I'll probably do that this winter. Awesome. Yeah. I wish I had another bioc. To be honest with you, I'd like to do a locality pairing with him, but I don't.
0: It really is surprising how few people have locality specific focuses with with green trees.
2: Yeah.
0: You know the designer thing just kind of came in and took over, which is cool and all. You know I don't mind that, but. Yeah, and you don't see a lot of people doing biok to biok specific stuff or aru to aru or anything like that.
2: I wonder too, like how much the ship has sailed a little bit because of um, what is currently coming out of the quote unquote farms in uh, Indonesia. Um, You know, Bushmaster that farm isn't producing like it did, yeah, uh, back in the day, and so you don't you don't see the variety anymore uh, coming out all you see are aru and biak almost exclusively mm-hmm. um so i you know i wonder if you know that's how it's going to be going forward or if it's going to open back up you know there you're actually going to get breeding at the farm for some of the other localities or you know are we just going to see occasionally some wild caught stuff that yeah. gets imported as captive born but yeah. you know it used to be in the day, uh, you know, tons of different localities you can get, and um, you know it's just not that way anymore.
0: Well, you would think we would see a lot more captive-bred biak stuff, given how many come in. But you, you would know, think you don't. Yeah, like that's the weirdest thing. Like I remember when I'd produced that clutch, you know, I there you kind of look around, and there wasn't really like everyone was crossing stuff. Yep, but no one was really had any interest in doing biak to biak, and I mean.
2: I think they're missing out. I think what people assumed was that, well, I can go to my local reptile show or online and get an import baby bioc for 350 bucks. So why would I bother pairing them, uh, you know, to sell them because the babies are a pain in the ass to get started so on and so forth. But what they don't realize is that, you know, that baby's worth so much more than that. And yeah. people, people want true us captive born Biocs. They want them in a bad way, you know, and uh people should definitely jump on that
0: yeah i still like i'm all i know billy hunts talked about it too like he wants to get just a group of imported baby beox and raise them up and and breed them and i'd I'd love to do the same thing you know yeah this this space was available but
1: yeah i feel like like so many people too is they only get the beox for 50 percent the price import and 50 percent to throw it into whatever designer yep. project they've got you know yep just to change it up and add some kaleidoscope
0: which i mean that's that's what my plan was was to put biog into freaking everything yep just to see what happens it's like a blender
2: definitely does good stuff but you know people should definitely be focusing on on locality pairings
0: mm-hmm
2: Without a doubt. I was actually that Wemena. I had a girl. Uh, I got two of them when I bought them as babies. And they ended up being a a male and a female. But the female passed uh, mysteriously one day. She just croaked. And uh, so I was left with him. So I, the only alternative I have is to do some locality crossing with him. Um, Because, you know, those things, they're super hard to come by. Nobody's doing straight locality pairings
0: you know i mean especially wamina you really don't see a lot of people that even have more than one or two wamina in their in their collections to begin with let alone pairs yep. you know yep
1: yeah i've also heard of some of the specific locality stuff that's field collected gets brought to farms in sumatra and singapore and mainland malaysia where they don't necessarily farm them or continue to, to raise them and breed them, but they're getting them up to like up to par. They get them, you know, deworm, they get some weight on them. They get them good. And then those get sold to Russia and Eastern Europe to fuel their farming or their propagation oh, yeah. in that regard. And we kind of just get stuck with the ox. And I guess it just depends on how much yeah. money we spend, you know?
2: Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I, I've often wondered like, um, you know, how, popular uh these things are around the rest of the world uh, versus the u.s i mean i know there are other countries where people are into it but is it on the same level and because you always hear that you know a lot of the best stuff goes to europe or it'll go to indonesia or wherever yeah and uh, i often wonder if that's actually true or not
1: Mm -hmm. i'm sure i'm sure it is to a certain extent yeah the the rumor has to come from somewhere it's just how much of it is factually 100 percent
2: Usually, when there's smoke, there's fire, right?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. It smells like a duck, right? Right. Yeah, I know. There's some. There's some guys in South Africa that got nondescript, just chondros, oh, and crap. they've been captive breeding them, and whatever they have is just coming out this perfect pseudo Cape York looking animal that's just green with white, and that's it, and but they openly admit they're like, look, we don't know what the localities are. We're we're mudding them out to make them look how they make them look textbook. If that makes sense. Yeah. So.
0: Faux Yorks. Faux Yorks. I love it. I remember (laughs) there was a point where I saw someone in Australia had like some like outcross stuff like beak just to something like you're how do you have that you're not supposed. To, apparently i often wondered that that the yeah. appar- other localities from png somehow found their way over into australian collections yeah. and i guess by the time people like the australian government sort of figured it out maybe scott's still here he can chime in but <clears throat> by the time the australian government kind of figured it out they're like nah, it's too late damage is done they're already here whatever so yeah
2: i often wonder too because a lot of times in the legislation, they'll, they'll have things identified by species and, you know, condros were not broken out into multiple species for the longest time. so, you know, in theory, you know, if you're allowed to keep them and it's the same species, you know, there's not much they can do.
1: Well, like I have a friend in Queensland who keeps condros and it took him many years to find legitimate captive bred Cape York locality condros because he knew there was so many, you know mudded hybrid whatever you want to call it undocumented yeah. however you want to phrase it and then he went up finding a, a friend of a friend who had consistently been producing cape york appearing snakes that were from f- legitimately field collected animals from cape york that were used for some kind of scientific study and then sold in the private sector mm-hmm. and then that guy kept breeding them and he paid a, a lot of money for him man yeah so yeah Hmm. who knows who knows the shadow knows we'll
2: never know well
1: you have anything else philip no nah, man we covered a ton of good stuff tonight man we did I love it thanks for having me dude yeah, thanks man. for coming it was awesome
2: yeah i always love talking with you guys it's good
0: yeah man If people want to get them some, some hardware, where should they do that?
2: The reptileperch.com. There you go. Be happy to give it to them.
0: Excellent.
1: Excellent. And what I do love, I will say this for anyone who's curious. um, If you're on the fence about getting one of David's perches, don't, think that it's one size fits all it's not it's catered to cambro it's catered I've to sterilite everything no, no no i'm not saying you can't i'm just saying i'm sure there's people listening that are like man i don't know if he's going to have my tub size do you know do i have to measure it dave has all the measurements has all the tub sizes for, for the majority of the stuff that we, we normally come in contact with tub and enclosure wise and I don't want to speak for him, but I'm sure if you had some kind of funky diet dimensions, he would be more than a, more than willing to accommodate said dimensions.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, if there's a tub that you have that I don't have listed, I'm always open to somebody reaching out and I just need to work with them to get me the dimensions and, and I can make the perch for them. Yeah. Yeah. I should have mentioned, too, that I um, I get asked that question a lot uh, will this, you know, will one of your perches fit in my tub? And, uh, I list the dimensions of all the perches that I have on my website. So, you know, if you have a tub and it's not specifically listed, but you know what the dimensions are and you can compare it to the perches I've already made, there's a good chance there's one that already fits. Yeah. Even if it's not, uh, specifically, you know, it doesn't say specifically it's for that tub in the description, the the measurements are there. So, if it fits, it fits.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know Jake and I have used them for for all kinds of stuff. Uh, I use them for boy guy, I Use them for green trees, obviously. I use them for some rat snakes. Jake uses them for some rat snakes. Um, you know, it's not just arboreal stuff that yeah. will use them. I mean, they'll they'll we talk about space efficiency and tubs and stuff all the time. And these are just something else to add to those to maximize that. So, yeah, Yeah. it
2: seems most species actually like having something like that in there from what Mm -hmm. I've seen from all the, the various customers that have purchased these from me over the years that um, they're definitely not just being used for arboreal snakes. It's across the board. People use them for stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: I literally have, one right now with a Darwin Carpet, a Suboc, and two in Atheris clericus. So like the the gamut of different types of animals, right? Nice. And it works
0: with all of them. That's yeah. great. Yeah, rat snakes love them. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they do. Yeah,
1: Dude, that, that baby yeah. Suboc just like festoons himself across the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just chilling. I love it.
0: Yeah, the rhinos love them, too. I should mention, too, the the...
2: The new stuff that I've been making, they're all dishwasher safe now. Oh, wow. So, you know, if you are running a facility where you use a dishwasher to sterilize water bowls and things, you can chuck these new perches in there. Uh, you know, if you want to sterilize stuff uh, between clutches or whatever.
1: That's awesome. Hell yeah. 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 I, that, yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's fantastic. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, man. Well, we appreciate it, man.
2: Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. I really appreciate you hopping on. It's fun. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Super awesome. This episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. You need a rack, you need a cage. Blackbox is all the rage. Use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money and then hop on over to Fulvia's Apparel. Get yourself a shirt. Also use the code THN at checkout. THN listeners and viewers get the hookup on the code because I don't post it anywhere else. Use code THN. And then Puget Pythons. Give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram. They're good people. I mean, you don't really need any other reason to go follow them than that they're awesome. And then go hunt them down on Morph Market and see what they've got for sale. You won't be disappointed. We will be back. I think we're going to be back Thursday. I have an event at work until like 6 Thursday night, so I don't know what's going on yet, but I plan to record. We'll see. I haven't talked to Jake yet, but either way, uh, we'll do our pre-Daytona show here soon. I gotta talk to you about that, Phil. Yeah. Coordinate with the other guys, sort of plan that out. Uh, Cause Jake and I are coming up that Thursday, so we won't be able to do anything then unless we do something at the hotel, which I doubt is gonna happen. Yeah, we're it, usually, busy never gonna happen that localizing. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to figure something out. Um, maybe even do something earlier next week and just sort of take the rest of the week off you know whatever but we'll figure that out either way thank you everybody and uh,
1: real quick i am in the process of redoing venom exchange radio youtube with venomous etiquette videos so if you are on youtube like you are watching this right now everyone go to venom exchange radio on youtube and like it and subscribe it and watch my shorts for crying out loud no one else is um (sighs) And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all of the Venom Exchange Radio episodes onto YouTube eventually. Uh, there won't be any video, obviously, but you can at least listen to them there if you so desire. If you're a YouTube head, um, and yeah, there is a new episode of Venom Exchange Radio that just came out this week, so go check that out as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye, right, guys. Later. Later.